Becca, can you channel whatever character Captain this is? Ahab. <laughs> Captain, Captain Ahab. Ahab. Is it? Is that what Captain Ahab says? Yeah, it is. Yeah, read this with with your full emotion. Okay, don't don't hold back. Should I do like a little voice? Emotion of Ahab. Yeah, do a little, little. voice. Do a big okay. voice. Okay, okay. I'll do my Think best. about he's a New England whaler yeah. from hundreds of years ago. Gnarly old seal. I said seal captain. Sea captain. Okay. okay. Seal I captain. think I got it. Towards thee I roll, thou all-destroying but unconquering whale. To the last I grapple with thee. From hell's heart I stab at thee. For hate's sake I spit my last breath at thee. Sink all coffins and all hearses to one common pool, and since neither can be mine, let me then tow to pieces while still chasing thee, though tied to thee, though damned whale. Thou damned whale, sorry. (laughs) Thus I give up the spear. Is that his last words? Who knows? Uh, yes. Really? I think so. Well, come on, Rachel. Well, maybe as far as we who know. knows, who knows? Okay, so good <laughs> job, Becca. Like, he literally said he's spitting his last breath, Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> he's giving up the spear. I spit my last breath at thee, yeah. uh, damned whale. <laughs> Just love <laughs> leave him alone. Whale. I like how when you started, you were like at the rolling sea, yeah. like a little captain. Bob, well, captain you know, Brandon. by the way, this was one of Bob Dylan's favorite books. Whose favorite book? Would you like me to read it in a Bob Dylan voice? Bob Dylan. Oh, yeah. the Admiral. Just do one line. Please, just one line. Thou well destroying but unconquering whale. To the last I grapple with thee. From hell's heart I stand at thee. No, that's enough. Really? Yeah. That's not nice. my favorite. <laughs> All right. And that was Moby Dylan. Hi, everyone. My name's Rachel, and I am one of the hosts of the podcast that you're listening to right now, which is called Fire the Canon. This is a podcast where we primarily read the books in the Western canon and tell you if we think they belong or not. I think if they belong or not. We have a great time doing it. Doing it. My hype man is... Jackie! Yes, one of the Beastie Boys, Free Range. I'm also her echo. And she's one of the hosts. (laughs) And then we also have with us... Becca! I'm back, baby. She's back. Yes, another semi-host. And we're going to start this episode by talking about Luigi. I think his name is Luigi Mario, right? Because they're the Mario brothers. So he's Mario Mario and Luigi Mario? They've got to be, right? Because you're not, we're not called the Rachel sisters. We're the best sisters. I just, that can't be right. The Mario brothers. Is that what they're called? Yeah, that can't be right. Yeah, they're called the Mario brothers. So yes, that's right. So they have to be Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. Hmm. So nice they named him twice. That's, no, I reject that. I reject that hard. Are you and your sisters called the Jacqueline sisters? Yeah. And I'm Jacqueline so. Jacqueline. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, what we're doing on this episode is we're going to finally finish Moby Dick. Oh my yeah. God, I'm so ready to finish this book. Me too. So and I didn't even it. read it. You know what? You could oh even say God. that the end of Moby Dick is Jackie's white whale that she's been pursuing relentlessly. I have been relentlessly yeah. pursuing the end of this pursuit for months and months we started this in august it is mm-hmm. now january of the next freaking year and we're finally going to be done that's there's no january of the same freaking year like it, who knows <laughs> this could warp time <laughs> so i'm going to let the best the the, the, Rachel, the sisters Rachel sisters talk about Rachel whatever sisters. they want to talk about <laughs> they're going to tell you a story about some luigi and mario thing and i'm just going to sit here and drink my beer because i've been saying 
I'm not even doing dry January, but what I am doing instead is I will have a wet drink January. <laughs> tell everyone, tell everyone how I was almost going to do dry January, but now I'm drinking instead, and that's what this book makes me want to do. So Jackie wow. thought okay. about getting on the wagon and then stepped right off. No, I thought about getting off the wagon, but I stayed on it. No, no. When you're on the, the wagon, wagon is you're where you don't wait. Drink. No, off, off is the wagon is sobriety. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. They don't keep alcohol in the wagon. Yeah, that I never was on the wagon. <laughs> yeah, you thought about getting on, and then you were like, no. Since I was a wee babe. You let it roll on by. Yeah. <laughs> I said, see you to that wagon. You gave it a salute and let it go on its merry way. Okay, mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll let's set the groundwork. Becca, her boyfriend's name is Darius, and that's enough for now as far as Hilarious groundwork. Darius. Yeah. Well, he might like that. He doesn't like that. Well, eh, the rhymes... We always rhyme with his we name. We always rhyme things with his name, and he gets sick like, of it. Like, we say, oh, you're going to go up Starius? Something like that, and oh. he doesn't like it. Oh, nefarious Darius. Or I asked if he was embarrassed, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> if he's embarrassed. Oh, I didn't think there were so many. I thought Hilarious was the only one. No, but there's I've, a lot. I've proved so myself wrong. he gets sick Sit of it. On, sitting on a Chariot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like it. <laughs> How do you Darius? Whatever. Yeah. That but kind we of can't like, That's not even a rhyme. It's the same sitting name. Sitting on a Chariot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, I sent Becca earlier today a meme because they have this video game called Luigi's Mansion where Mario's brother, Luigi Mario, goes in a haunted mansion (laughs) and they like it. So anyway, I sent her a little meme and it says, despite containing both a Princess Peach and a Princess Daisy piece, the licensed Super Mario chess set does not designate either of them as a queen, making them both bishops. Instead, Luigi is chosen to be the queen piece. And someone responded to that meme and said, someone (laughs) said, this reminds me of the little kids I used to nanny the eldest eight at the time taught me how to play chess with this chess set oh. i remember him going over the pieces and stated that luigi was the queen and he no joke said because he's the nicest and you have to protect <gasps> someone like that and that has always <laughs> stuck in my head whenever i see luigi now so anyway i sent that to becca today and she said you have to send that to darius he loves luigi <laughs> so i thought oh that'll be nice i'll send it to darius so i sent it to him and he said big sigh that was his response what i said and i said becca said that you would love that protecting the nice well he said ha ha and sent the laughing crying emoji and said she lied to you i feel like luigi never gets enough respect and that's a lot of respect well i said no 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 i said did you read the comment on the bottom because you know it's one of those When you send a tall image, part of it might get cut off. But like the first line of the bottom comment is still visible. 2024. You think we would have figured that out as a species by now, but we haven't. Clicking to open or just show the picture in the screen where I sent it. People aren't gonna click. Okay. Well, I don't know. Tip from Jack. The the first line (laughs) of the comment was visible, but he also didn't respond when I said, "No, no, no." Did you read the? The response. And he, he might never. He respond. saw that, but he didn't respond. <laughs> no, he's really bad at I'm his sure messages. It's probably because he doesn't like you very much. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I don't care. So I don't know if he, you don't carry us. Yeah, I don't carry us at all. So I don't know if he read it and he still thought Luigi wasn't getting respect, or if he didn't read it. He might think. I mean, never will. <laughs> I thought. I God, thought that's so unfarious. I know. Mm-hmm. See, it's really easy to do. But yeah. he so he thinks that Luigi doesn't get enough respect and I thought Luigi that gets too much respect. Him being designated the queen 
would be good. Yeah, I thought the queen he would is be the most like, powerful piece. Yeah, is this sexist of him? I don't know. I'll ask him. I didn't want to go upstairs. Upstairs. Well, here's the other thing. I see why Luigi would be the queen because the queen is like the tallest piece also. Mm. And Luigi's the tallest of the two. That's a Mario terrible brothers. reason to make Luigi the queen, though. <laughs> well, he's also the nicest. <laughs> well, isn't in chess the queen? I guess I'm only thinking about the live chessboard from Harry Potter. But doesn't the queen come by and like kill things and knock them down? I always just kind of figure that's her personality. The queen's the most powerful piece. Yeah. Yeah, so how nice yeah. is she then? They it's all about, kill if they You can. don't want your queen to die because <laughs> it's hard to win without a queen. It sure is, my man. Yeah, it's really hard. I'm wondering if he just, I don't, maybe he wasn't thinking, I don't know why he thought that that wasn't enough respect. That's the best piece to be, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought he would like it well, when I guess he did it. Oh, well, he you were wrong, like he said. Well, do you want to hear a story or two or three about some shenanigans that I pulled when I was visiting a lot of <laughs> North stories. Carolina? Oh, I forget that you don't live over here. You went to a young children's <laughs> New Year's Eve party, too, basically. Why did you do I that? I did. Okay, here, I <laughs> did some, th- I messed some things up, but do you want to start in order of the thing that you really wanted us to tell Becca that I messed up? Like yeah. for months oh, now? Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> So we don't forget. <laughs> yes. You're right. We've got, Why don't, we've okay, got to do this. Rachel, how about you start the story and I will then come in with the, the twist, okay. if you will. Yeah. Okay. So as people know, I got married in October. Of the previous year. Yeah. Not October of this the, year yet. I, yeah. In the past, I got married in the October that already <laughs> happened. <laughs> And as part of my wedding registry, people can go online and order stuff and it gets sent straight to my house. Like they don't send it. They just buy it and it goes to me. So I have been receiving stuff in the mail, just random stuff. And I got a package about maybe three weeks before my family was going to come by for Thanksgiving. So like a month after the wedding, I get this package in the mail and it's a box of litter. Oh, I knew about that. Mm-hmm. It's a box of litter because I talked to you about you it. You didn't know who it was and from. I, there's nothing. There's no information on it. There's a sticker. Actually, it wasn't even in a box. It was a box of litter with a sticker on the outside that had my <laughs> name on it and my address. And it was just sitting on my That's doorstep. That's how you know it belongs to. Well, does it have your name on it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> it did. This is the only thing. So it was sitting on the doorstep, and it was like a small box of litter, but it wasn't our brand of litter. And one of the things that I put on the registry was like, oh, you can give us money to buy stuff for our cats. So I thought perhaps, well, no, my first thought was, well, Becca is coming to stay with us and bringing her cats. Maybe she doesn't want to buy, like maybe she doesn't want to bring litter. So she went ahead and bought some to have it sent to my house. So I called or texted Becca and I was like, hey, did you accidentally buy some litter? And she said, no. So I asked my mom who has a cat, my sister, Emily, my sister, Lydia, because we all have like a family Amazon account. And I said, hey, did one of you maybe accidentally send me some litter? My mom said no, and she, they all checked the Amazon account. I checked Stevens in my Amazon account <laughs> to see if ours got hacked and someone sent us litter. No, so nobody Good explains. And I think maybe someone saw that I was like saying you could give us money that we'll use to like buy our cat stuff, and they were like, "I'll just buy her some litter." I know those <laughs> animals poop. <laughs> <laughs> and they just were like, maybe it was someone who didn't have a cat and didn't know that people have particular litter brands, you know? And I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of nice of them. I'll live my Weird. life. Okay. So then, like a week later, another box shows up. And in that box is a bag of litter that is my brand of litter. But it's like, 
a small bag and we always get the biggest one. So I make my rounds. I call my sisters. They don't answer. So I, at some point, I think I called Darius and I was like, can you please poke Becca and make her answer if she bought this litter? I ask everyone. My mom's freaking Why out. You, she thinks- you were just... You were just confused? You really wanted to know? I had to know the answer to the mystery, but also my mom was freaking out because she thought our Amazons had been hacked or whatever. <laughs> and I said that, well, I told Steven about it, and he's like, oh, well, maybe we just are have maybe there's a glitch and we've started getting unlimited free litter. Who cares? Hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I guess that's fine. <laughs> a glitch in the matrix. So, yeah, so I told That'd my mom because nice, she was like, you have, to, you have to call Amazon. You have to figure out what's happening. And I was like, no, mom, we checked both of our Amazon accounts and we're not paying for it. You know, if yeah, they're making cares? a mistake, whatever. Yeah, who cares? And, you know, plus this time it's my brand. So then I just go about my life. It's like somebody <laughs> forgot to tell you, like, oh, by the way, you won a lifetime of free litter. Um, yeah. We forgot to inform you. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. And it's going to so be I'm, a random kind yeah, in quantity. Random <laughs> kind, random, yeah, random day. I didn't really pay attention to when exactly, but maybe a week or two. So then the next week, another freaking box of litter shows up. <laughs> and it's the first kind of litter. And I tell my family, I'm like, well, the litter's back. It's, you know, it's the other kind, but whatever. I guess this is our life now. And... <laughs> And I decide to myself, I say, you know what, next time we record on the podcast, I'm going to bring this up. But before I get a chance to do that... Wait, didn't you also get something else in the mail? Oh, wait. I also, yeah, the same day I got that litter, I got an air, like an air conditioner filter. And I was like, this is even weirder because you <laughs> could all useful I was things. Like, like, I would use all well, those but things. Well, but no, no, you can't because you have to, like, you have to have a specific size for the filter. Oh, so I thought, standard. okay, there's no way that this is someone buying me presents but not doing an amazing <laughs> job because it's true that I do need cat litter. And, you know, for us, it's not that Everyone big of a deal to use a different filters. brand. Yeah, but nobody, no one on earth would say, I'm going to buy her a present. It's going to be a random air filter. <laughs> So I thought, this is weird, but, you know, whatever. If I start getting other random stuff, I guess I'll donate it. Okay, so then this is when Jackie pops up. So I said, (laughs) remember back a couple episodes ago when we were all excited to join the Samson Q2 universe? Samson Q2 universe. I don't remember that. Our microphone. Well, that's the type of mic. Our microphones, Becca. We all have the same mic Mm. now. (laughs) So Becca got this mic. We all liked it. I got one for myself and I got one for Rachel. Obviously, Rachel lives in Atlanta and I don't. So I shipped Rachel's Mm -hmm. mic to Rachel. It's the only thing she's ever bought for me on Amazon to be shipped to That went to to that address. The only thing. And for some reason, Amazon decided everything Jackie orders ever should now go to Rachel. All of and her so auto I ship items. All of my auto ship items. So every she wants every them week, to go to Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every two weeks, I get a shipment of this one kind of litter, and then on the other off weeks, I get a shipment of this other kind, which is solely just because like I couldn't figure out a way to make them come every week, so I just was like, whatever, get, just give me two different kind of litters. That's and crazy, then I get my Jackie. air filters for my house shipped to me automatically as well, like four times a year. And Good for you, actually. I <laughs> bought things from Amazon. At after this, that ha- mm-hmm. that came to me, no problem. Oh, but yep. for some reason, my auto ship switched to Rachel and never switched back. Even when I bought things for myself, it never switched back to me. Just that one time, it was like, nope, everything's going to Rachel, and I didn't notice for months. And so, well, no, a month. Yeah, whatever. I didn't notice that I was missing out on all. I did. I did kind of think to myself, like, well, I I haven't gotten litter in a while, but like, I don't pay that close attention to it because it just comes automatically. And I was like, whatever. Um, 
I, I didn't notice that I never got the air filter because who's paying attention to that? So I was returning something <laughs> and I printed out the return label and I noticed the return label had Rachel's address on it. And I was like, hey, just so you know, I'm returning something. And right. if for whatever reason it gets lost in the mail, it's going to get returned to you because for some reason your re- your address is on the return label. And she was like, oh my God, Jackie, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and I was like, what? It did Nothing has happened yet. And she was like, you're the one who's been sending me all this litter. And I was like, I what? <laughs> And she almost, she's like almost brought it up and I'm like, no, we have to save it. And cause Jackie, I told her, I'm like, I haven't told my family the solution to the mystery. Yeah, apparently I'm the mystery. And then I told Steven when I saw him over Christmas. I know. And I had kept it a secret from him. Well, anyway, so that happened. Um, that was delightful. Um, I'm surprised because when during, uh, like the day before your wedding, I had also shipped like a hundred sparklers to your mom's house in, in Emerald Isle. Yeah. And for some reason, Amazon didn't decide to ship all my cat litter to her, so I don't, yeah, who knows? I don't know why it was this just one like, time. Atlanta, don't mind if I do. Loves There's Atlanta. probably a hub here. Maybe they were like, oh, it's so convenient. There's I, a I hub here. Resist. I don't know the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I guess enjoy all that free litter. Yeah, um, I wonder where that litter is. Have we? I don't even yeah, know where's we, my air filter? Oh, well, we'll see. <laughs> I'm dying over here. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> the air I don't know so what bad. happened with that thing. Oh, you know what? Here's one other thing that we did get once. So this was a time when we were getting a lot of uh, like wedding presents of like packages and stuff in the mail. And one day I come home from like the office and I go in the room. There's a pile of boxes four feet high. There are so many boxes. They're huge and heavy. And I'm like, what could this be? There's nothing that I asked for on the registry that would be like this. And I look and like every box has a totally different address on it. I was there one oh, time. Oh, yeah, with the giant, the pile of and boxes. And Steven was, like, walking all around being, like, like he had to go give the box to the other people. Well, because I'm pretty sure he signed for it. Oh. And yeah, I'm like, well, you but didn't look. Wouldn't you just you think, look like. that the address was wrong and our name wasn't on it. I and it probably wouldn't up, notice It was supposed either. to go to, like, an animation studio that was right up the street. <laughs> so it was, like, really, it was, like, expensive equipment and stuff. And he signed so for it. So anyway, I... Yeah, he signed for it. And I'm like, the mailman's and fault. it wasn't Amazon or something. So I'm like, Steven, why didn't you like look at it? <laughs> but he just didn't even look. And we had this giant pile. And as soon as I saw it, I immediately knew it wasn't. Well, it wasn't my, ours, the thing but... I'll say about that is like back in the day yeah. when I lived with mom and dad yeah. and someone would come and I have to sign for something, I wouldn't, I'd be like, this is not for me. I just signed for it. Yeah, but if you no, but got, now if I you live got a, in my own house. like five enormous boxes, you wouldn't look and be like, where did this come from? <laughs> yeah, I guess I would do that if it was multiple enormous boxes <laughs> yeah. as big as me. I'd be like, wait a second. I are don't they want shipping this. me like an, an army of small people to come and attack me once they get in my house? That's what I would think. Yeah, it was, it was just, it was unbelievable. But I, yeah, so anyway. If you got five huge boxes delivered and they were all shaking and yelling, let me at them, let me at them. You don't think you would look I mean, and see? I mean, seriously. <laughs> You could have, Stephen easily could have fit in most of those boxes, but anyway, so that's, that's the situation. He's pretty flexible. I'm not. That's why I chose him as an example. Yeah, I need to get yeah. more. Okay. Me and Darius, that's me and Darius's New Year's resolution. Get more big boxes. Is to stretch. No, we're, we're going to, we yeah. started stretching. It's not exciting, but it's, this is 30, you know. That's good. That'll be good for you. Was Steven's horrible back injury a wake-up call? Maybe. (laughs) I'm not 30 yet, but I'm in the mindset of it. So basically I am. Yeah. Things get rough around this time, I'll tell you. Uh, My cognitive abilities are quickly declining, but uh, we can tell that story another time. (laughs) 
What? Or do you want to tell <laughs> I don't this? Know a particular story about your cognitive abilities declining? Um. So over Christmas, I can come up with multiple oh, things. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll save that. We're gonna save that because okay. this is so much. We've done so many stories. Okay. We'll tell some stories in the second half. I've got one short anecdote I'll save, but the rest can be Jackie's. <laughs> it's getting rough in my head. Okay. Well, it's it's time for us to dive into the dick. Ooh. Yeah. So <laughs> you said dive into Dickens last time. So that's I'm just keeping up with the that's, theme. That's totally different. It's the same. No, it's not. I hung out with my bowling team last night and one of them told a story about how he met Moby. Uh not Moby Dick? Dick. Yeah, just Moby. Oh, <laughs> Herman Melville's great great grandnephew or something. Wait, is that true? Moby is yeah, related that's to why Herman I picked Melville. Moby. My friend said he had heard that that wasn't yeah. true, but Jacob told me it was true. So supposedly, at least it's the he's rumor the bald that guy, that's why right? I picked the name Moby. He's the yeah. bald guy. Yeah, he showed me a picture of himself with Moby, and he, they were in a club in Chicago, and they looked in the corner and they were like, "Is that Moby?" And they took a picture with him, and I was like, "This looks like." Any man, any bald white man with glasses. How could you possibly pick this out as Moby? (laughs) I I mean, Pitbull has grown hair now. Have you seen that? People are going crazy over it. What? What? I thought he couldn't grow hair. Oh, you were wrong. He went to Turkey and got that procedure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anybody can have anything now with money. But he looks great. He looks so much better with hair. Are you going to look it up? I guess I yeah, will. Yeah, I'm trying, but just showing me dogs. Mr. Worldwide. Did you see there's a procedure now to change the color of your eyes for aesthetic purposes? I, I did and see it, that. And it, tur- it, it, it makes every single person every who gets time. it go blind. Yes, every time. Every sometimes time. immediately, sometimes years after, but yes. Yes. Everyone who's gotten it has gone blind. <laughs> Completely blind? Basically, yeah. That's insane. What? Wait, this is him from the past, not him now. I thought it was him now. Wait, I don't even think this was ever him. I think someone photoshopped hair onto him. What? No, wait. No, no. The internet wouldn't lie to me. Hold on. Wait, it says, what started as a joke has turned into a brilliant image. TikTok user Anwen put long hair and a beard on Pitbull, and fans are loving it. Yeah. Oh, man. No, I... <laughs> look at Jackie. it. Jackie. Jackie. Yeah, but look at it. Yeah, but people that's love it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, people are saying how hot he is, I guess, but still... People also love him bald. But yeah, Jackie, I'm sorry that he didn't grow that. TikTok users can't get over how hot Pitbull is with hair. Well, the point is they love how he would look with hair. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah. Wow, we almost spread misinformation. Oh, Also, I will say, though. He does look way better with hair. This is the Aragorn hairstyle. Every man looks good with the Aragorn hairstyle. That's the whole thing. Yeah, if they can grow it, it's going to look pretty good. Can we think of an example of a man who doesn't look good with it? Like, I don't know, Carl Sagan? No, he'd look good in anything. I don't know who that I is. I mean, there's probably men who who don't look good in it, but they would also look bad in Any other else. way. Yeah, it's like no one... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they would look bad no matter what. There's no there's yeah. no hairstyle that would make them look good. How's that? Make you look yeah. presentable. Yeah. Okay. Like, if you're an attractive man and you have Aragorn hairstyle... It never hurts, you know? That's what incels are upset about. They're like, man, if you're attractive, you can do anything and still be attractive. But no, if you're unattractive... No, the Aragorn hairstyle is an enhancement. It's not something you must be attractive to pull off. Like, It sounds like it is. It, no, no, no. You, no, you can be saying, average. If you look bad in it, you would look bad in anything. Yeah. Uh, but, you always look better with but it. But it may still you probably you. look better okay. with it. Yeah, like yeah. Pitbull. Gotcha. Pitbull looks better with the Aragorn Yeah, Pitbull style. looks better. He's not he like... Sure he does. looks fine bald. He's not... I wouldn't say he's hot bald, you know. I'm sorry, Pitbull, if you're listening. 
I'm sorry, Ellie. <laughs> it's a big enhancement, I will say that. Okay, so Moby Dick. Um, <laughs> I did my outline, but I'm kind of just going to break it. We're just going to summarize. We're not going over every single chapter of this thing anymore. Like, listen, here's yeah. the thing. Yeah, just tell me what happened. So we start on chapter 102. I think it's the first four chapters. It's Ishmael talking about whales and the measurements of whales. It's poeticizing about whales. Uh, he was doing that when we left off. He's still doing that? Becca, are you surprised? He needs to stop it. He's not even right. And the thing, well, here's the one funny thing that he does say in one of the chapters is that he explains one of his tattoos, which is that he went to some island kingdom and their church was like inside the skull of a big whale and the whale was their god. And he insisted on measuring the dimensions and the islanders were like, you can't do that. It's not possible. You can't measure God. And he was like, I'm going to do it anyway. And then he tattooed the number on his arm. On his arm. <laughs> While he was just hanging out with the, the king of some island nation. Who knows why he was doing really that? Really disrespected their culture there. I think he's I got know. a type. He's got a type. He likes islanders. Yeah. yeah. Island kings. Um, oh, yeah. But anyway, so the first four are just things like that. He does say at the beginning, like, now, come on, everybody might be thinking, how would I, Ishmael, a mere whalesman, know anything about the science of whales? <laughs> well, here's how. I measured a whale skeleton. I'm like, that doesn't... That doesn't give you rights to talk about everything else. He's also like, I don't know if I'm right about this. And then he also says, also, I kind of think whales are getting smaller. But then now that I think about it, humans are getting bigger. So whales probably aren't getting smaller. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> so all of this is kind of either poeticizing, which is fine. Um, just not really interesting mm -hmm. for us to describe. So we're not going to describe that. But um, a lot of it is basically Ahab getting progressively crazier and crazier and wow. bad omens yeah. and things happening and like the ship is falling apart and he won't let anyone fix anything and everyone's terrified of Wait, him. And why won't he like let starting... anyone fix anything? He doesn't want any They're... energy devoted to anything other than sailing on to find the whale. I'll give you some examples. One of the first things that we find out is that, at the, well, at the end of the last episode, we said they had met the Samuel Enderby, um, which was another ship, and he went on board, and they were like, hey, this guy is kind of cuckoo. Like, you can't kill Moby Dick. And he, in a huff, left that ship and came back to his own ship, the Pequot. Stamps his little wooden leg down. When he stamped down. his little wooden leg, and it splintered, so he had to have a new leg made. Because <laughs> he's so mad, yeah. And in this chapter called Ahab's leg. Ishmael says the craziest thing I think he says in the whole book, which is, oh, now I will reveal to you a secret, which maybe I could have revealed before, but I'm going to reveal it now. The reason Ahab couldn't be found before the ship set sail or for a while after it set sail <laughs> is because he was upset about losing his leg. And I was like, that's it? Are you kidding me? That's the secret? I He's crazy. <laughs> He's like, and that's the reason he has to chase Moby Dick. And I was like, yeah. We all got that. <laughs> yeah. There's like apparently some potential hints that Moby Dick also like ripped off his peen. What? But I don't I know about that. that. I was just reading. <laughs> I was reading some reviews what? of Moby Dick. I was literally Googling like, what's so good about Moby Dick? I was going to do that too. I was going to Google, why is this good? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll, well, I'll ask I, you at I the Well, I do end. think it's, I do think it's good, but I was curious what other people think. Mm -hmm. And so I, one of the things, one guy was like, oh, you know, as everyone knows, there's a the like the obvious theory that Moby Dick also tore off his peen, and I was like, I, "What the hell?" That would make sense. That would make him very mad. And it linked to something. Wait, you know what? I was gonna say it linked to something, but I didn't follow the link yet. I'm gonna follow that link follow right now and link. see if I agree. Ooh, live, we're gonna see what happens. But that does make sense, like, right? Because losing a leg is obviously horrible, but something about it struck at his soul. 
and I hate to say it, but for a lot of men, his manhood, the soul is in the peen. <laughs> what? That's soul is in the peen. It's a wild theory. I think it would be psychologically very damaging, like more damaging penis, than just losing a leg. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Do I have to look up penis. But I will say he lost his leg like slightly above the knee or around the region of the knee, not way up in his so, groin. So yeah, how would like unless here's a terrible here's a terrible theory I just thought of, and I'm gonna apologize ahead of time. Like yeah, because what was his penis doing out and about? Maybe it was really long. No, no, no. My theory is that maybe <laughs> it turns him on to hunt a whale, so that's why it was oh, no. poking out, and he the whale got it. Because <laughs> otherwise, how far could, no? How okay. far could it have been poking out that it would have reached to his knee? No, 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 no. The whale like got everything protruding out, and it was just protruding out. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm okay. I'm googling it because this guy's review. We need to get this man on the pod. Because he says Melville hints that his penis was bitten off. I don't think he does. I just Googled. I wouldn't be surprised if he Like tear off Ahab's penis and like nobody's talking about (laughs) it. Okay, we'll look into it. It's like only this guy. We'll look into it, audience. We're talking about it now. Yeah, we're talking about it. (laughs) But I mean, I have been asking myself the whole time, right? Like in, like I said, the last chapter, Samuel Enderby, the captain of that ship, also lost his leg to the same whale and he's fine. What's the difference? I need to see what that man has. Does he have a peen or I not? Think you need to see or can you just someone tell you? No, I need I to see. Want, see. I don't want to see. I don't want to see it. I, I just think Ahab's, he's just got problems. Penis problems. Why is his name Moby but, Dick? I mean, here's the thing. How could Moby Dick have, how could Moby Dick have taken his penis off if he just had a baby daughter? What do you mean? Because you know how long those daughters incubate, Rachel? <laughs> yeah, but I thought he got his leg torn off a while before. No, that. I think I it know. was... I think it was around the same time or right after. Yeah. So maybe, I think that may okay. have been his peen's last hurrah was creating yeah. that daughter. And maybe oh now he's gosh. like, I don't know. Anyway, anyway. That's, that's what I saw in my quote unquote research. That's a good fact. <laughs> and I am willing to believe it. I will look into it more. Jackie's all about that now. I think it makes sense. She's a Ahab no peen truther or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. A no peen truther. She's team But yeah, no that's peen. apparently the big secret. Team no <laughs> peen. <laughs> Are you team peen? I'm team no peen, I think. Okay. It makes it more interesting. Rachel, you're I, team peen. I'll, I'll be on team peen. I'll be on okay. team peen. Okay, somebody has to be on team peen. But that's the big <laughs> secret. The next uh, chapter or two, Ahab tells the ship's carpenter to make a new leg, and he's saying crazier and crazier things. Yeah. So he has phantom limb syndrome, which we now understand when you lose a limb. You a can ghost still, leg. A ghost yeah, leg. You yeah, you can still it. kind of feel it. And he says to the carpenter, so... You know, I can feel my old leg, right? I can feel it being still crushed. Oh, gosh. Do you believe me on that? And the carpenter's like, yeah. And Ahab is like, well, if I can still feel my leg, even though it's not there anymore, who's to say you're not going to feel the fires of hell forever, even when you don't have a body? And then he laughs a whole bunch. And the carpenter's like, I don't, I didn't ask for any (laughs) of this. It doesn't make sense. Isn't that the point of hell, right? Is that you're supposed to keep feeling it. Yeah, it's not supposed to go away. Ahab thought that was a real zinger. So he's like, ooh, what if the point of a book is to read it (laughs) what and also what this guy's making your next leg just be nice to him be nice yeah seriously be nice be nice like he's the queen like he's luigi yeah you gotta be nice to yeah protect him (laughs) so an an example of ahab not letting anything be repaired that really should be repaired reckless reckless um starbuck comes to him and says hey there's evidence that there's oil leaking in the ship and obviously we've been traveling for months and months yeah the whale oil 
traveled 20,000 miles to get this oil. We need to fix it. And Ahab's like, who the fuck cares? I'm not here for the oil. I'm here for Moby Dick. Oh, remember the squishy thing that that man Ishmael loves? The sperm, squishing the sperm. Ishmael is for sure there for the oil. (laughs) He loves it. We know that. Yeah. (laughs) If he had gone to Ishmael and said, hey, the the sperm is leaking, Ishmael would have been like, stop everything. No. Let me get my hands in there. (laughs) Yeah, take your shirts off. We need to squeeze it. Take your your pants off. (laughs) We need to squeeze some stuff. (laughs) Wait, wait. Did he tell, he told his comrade when they were squeezing the sperm together to take his shirt off? Is that what he told? No, they were all ready. They already had their clothes off because they were covered in sperm. Yeah. You got to get naked if you're going to squeeze the sperm back. He's like... And I don't mean this, like, I'm just saying he's the gayest guy that I've ever heard of. Maybe that I know. He's the gayest guy I know for sure. But um, (laughs) so he tells Ahab, hey, the oil is leaking and we have to like take a bunch of stuff out. I I don't know. There's ship words, but basically take all the stuff out and look for the leak and clean it up and put everything back in, which is obviously going to take time and effort. And Ahab's like, I don't fucking care about that. Let it leak. You know, Starbuck argues with him. And then Ahab takes a musket and points it at Starbuck and is like, there's only one God and there's only one captain over the ship and it's me. And I'll kill you right now if you try to stop this oil from leaking or whatever. Yeah. Oh my God. And Starbuck is like, listen, I know you're not going to beware of me. But beware of yourself, Ahab. Let Ahab beware yeah. of Ahab. And wow. he leaves. That was yeah. a good zinger. Good zinger yeah. because Ahab is like, yeah, he he's right. And then he goes up and he's like, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Go ahead and yeah. stop the Actually, leak. Actually, let's he does fix stop them. the leak. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. yeah, he does. Which which Ishmael is like, he probably did that because that's like the one thing that you're allowed to mutiny over if he breaks the terms of the agreement that you signed, you know? Yeah. The point of the agreement is to make money. Which is crazy because I feel like he's basically breaking it. He's he's trying at this point, yeah. he's still staying on this side of plausible, but he's like getting further and further away as like he's like an implausible person like you can't even believe he would exist no plausible like 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 you, plausibly like the sailors are telling to... themselves oh he's still doing the thing we signed oh, up for like, legal we're still terms. trying to get yeah. whale oil yeah. so that we can sell it which by the way you know starbucks the company is named after starbuck the man who was threatened by ahab wait is that true why because they it's a good that? name. Uh, cool name. It's kind of like a nautical themed company, right? Like there's a mermaid. There's a mermaid, yeah, the mermaid. but it's named after this guy. <laughs> like, yeah. It, I like Starbuck. Yeah. But um, yeah, Ahab knows that Starbuck is like the guy. He obviously disagrees with him. And I think he knows if he pushes him too far, he as the first mate would have the most power. And he's like trying to keep him where he can sort of rein him in. So he, yeah, like you shouldn't threaten him with a gun, maybe. Yeah, yeah, well, he did, but then he went up and yeah. he was like, okay, uh, yeah, Starbucks right. a good guy, I'm sorry. So <laughs> they start to fix the leak. But Queequeg goes down and is trying to fix the leak like everybody else, and he's like crawling around. Of course, he's a king. He's a king. He's he's doing the damn thing. He's crawling around in all the slimy muck down there, and I'm he gets sure. really sick. Oh, you no. love to see it? Oh, no. You hate to no. see it. The next chapter is called Queequeg and His Coffin. <gasps> oh, no. And I flipped out but suck that gas back in (laughs) suck it back in because what happens is he gets really sick and the custom when you die at sea is to wrap the sailor in the hammock that they sleep in and throw like a shroud and then throw them into the water that's insane is like 
I don't want to do that. I don't want to be eaten by sharks. Like the custom in my land is you build like a ceremonial canoe and you put me out on the water in my canoe. So he says, make me one Mm -hmm. of those, like a floating coffin. So the carpenter Mm -hmm. goes and he's like, damn, I just made a leg. I'm real tired. But okay. So he goes and he makes this (laughs) this coffin. Where's he getting all this wood from? They have a lot of wood on the ship, apparently. And there's, don't worry, Becca, there's a chapter about the wood on the ship that they carry, but we skipped it. I didn't think you'd want to know. No, I don't. I, I'm good. <laughs> you were the ideal audience for Herman Melville. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, where's the wood coming now, from? Now, wait a second. What is the detail of what they carry in the hold? So he makes him this thing and he lays in it and he's like, give me my harpoon. And he says, give me my little tiki god, Yojo. And he gets his Yojo and his harpoon and he lays there and he's like, it's a good coffin. Close the coffin. Yeah, they close it over him and he's like, yep, this will work. And then he gets put back into his hammock. And Pip Pip dances around. Poor little coffin. Pip. You remember Pip, the little guy who went insane because he got left in the ocean? Yes, that was sad. Yeah, yeah. Poor Pip. Poor little and Pip. And he tells Queequeg, like, oh, when you get to heaven, see if you can find my sane self oh. and say hi, basically. That's He's like, so hey, sad. Pip died, so see if you can go see Pip when you get up there. Oh. Yeah. But uh, Queequeg gets better. And then he just yeah. uses his fancy coffin to, like, store his shit in. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. king move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then all all of his tattoos, he like starts copying them out onto the coffin and Ishmael's like, "Oh, you know, I found out that Queequeg's tattoos are like like philosophy, physics, everything. It's just like a uh, mythical stories, everything." Whoa, that that dude's smart even though he's brown? Yeah, basically. It's like He's uh, not just a pretty face. <laughs> it's supposed to be a complete theory of the heavens and the earth. And so he's like, well, here, let me put this on my coffin and then it'll, you know, survive me. Yeah. It's kind of like early in the book when Ishmael got scared by something and was like, let me write my will. And then he felt better. This is Queequeg being yeah. like, yeah, now I'm ready for death and I'm better now. So he gets over his illness. Yeah, I feel good. Yeah. Tried it. Didn't like it. I'm back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tried it. Wasn't a fan. The next several chapters, we're approaching the Japanese cruising ground, which is where Ahab last encountered Moby Dick and he like crushed the mainsail of the ship and tore off his leg. And his penis. Yeah. Maybe. So it, yeah. Team non-peen or no peen yeah. or whatever we are. <laughs> We also, we kind of alternate. There are a few chapters between here and the end where Ishmael's like, this was beautiful. Ahab, he's insane. He could never appreciate this. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes he kind of does. But um, yeah, there's there's still lots of chapters that are just about like the beauty of the ocean. And I think, you know, it's, yeah. it's intentional, obviously. It's interspersed with like these scenes of violence and mayhem and craziness so that you get a, a greater distinction. Ahab has the ship's blacksmith forge a new harpoon which he tempers. <laughs> so when you, you know, create a piece of metal in the flames and all of that stuff, you temper it by pouring mm-hmm. like cooler water on it to oh, like yeah. harden the steel. But he says, no, I don't want water. I want pagan blood. So he takes Tashtego, Queequeg, and Dagu and says- Himself, give right? Me, or no? I think himself too. And says like, give me some of your blood. And they're all like, Okay. <laughs> give me so your blood. They, yeah, give me your blood. So they oh, yeah. give me your blood. <laughs> There's Bob Dylan all he, over this. He stops he stops the blacksmith from doing it. He's like, get out of here. I'm doing this. Like I'm the one who can do it. The blacksmith starts making him the harpoon. Then he's like, You stop. I'm gonna finish making it. And then he tells the other people, Give me your blood. So yeah, and they do. So it. he bathes this hot iron in the blood of the pagans yeah. and he screams in yeah. Latin a phrase that means, I do not baptize thee in the name of the father, but in the name of the devil. 
he's a freak. Ahab? That is so freaking scary. Ahab yeah. says that. Yeah. I had to I look would it up. be like, uh, it's mutiny time. Melville does not provide a translation. <laughs> of the Latin? Yeah, he just yeah. gives the Latin. I had to look it up. So you can see how small of a character the blacksmith is, but he actually even gets his own chapter does, where Ishmael's like, this guy, he destroyed his own life with alcohol, much like Jackie, and he went <laughs> to sea. <laughs> As I swallow my... And he, yeah. <laughs> and he went to sea, and he's like, look, this is... He says basically, like, the sea is where men go who, like, basically want to kill themselves but don't want to actually do it, much like himself. He said so that he about kind of himself. compares himself to that guy. Did he say that you just go to sea when you're, you're, you're getting the morbs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too melancholy. Yeah. He, did he wants that. to kill himself, so he goes to sea. But then once he's been there for a while, he feels better. It's kind of like Queequeg's coffin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, the ship's blacksmith doesn't have much time to, fit, uh, to sit and think about his family that died oh. while he neglected them. Yeah. Oh, so, so yeah. his fault. Well, okay, yeah. don't feel bad for him yeah. then. Becca, so, you can still feel bad. Sorry. Yeah. You can't just sorry. kill your family through neglect. He didn't kill his family. <laughs> neglect. Third degree murder, Jackie. Neglected them to death. His wife died for some reason. I don't think he was responsible for like spoon feeding his wife. I think she just died. Maybe he spent all their money on alcohol, much like you. Wow. I'm just kidding. I'm glad you're a dentist (laughs) and not a psychologist. You're cold. (laughs) Because in Becca's realm, it basically is your fault if your teeth are bad. She's just like, yeah, I don't feel bad for you. (laughs) I do sometimes feel bad. It depends why their teeth are bad. Sometimes it's not really their fault. And also some people are just really prone to cavities, Mm -hmm. probably something to do with the bacteria in their mouth or whatever. But like, remember poor our sister Emily, they called her the cavity queen and we all brushed our teeth the same, but she would just, every time she went, had dozens of Mm -hmm. cavities. There's so many queens in this episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Luigi, Queen Emily. Emily. Queen Emily. <laughs> the cavity yeah. queen. Um, so at this point, the Pequod meets another ship called the Bachelor, and this ship is full of oil. It has met with tremendous success. But there's only one guy on board, and there's like 26 women wearing gorgeous gowns. Ooh, what? love that for oh, them. Oh, I missed that part. I didn't know there was the only one guy. What? But, no. where, but where's all the sailors? <laughs> It's a joke, oh. Jackie. Oh. I didn't know it was a joke. The ship's called The Bachelor. Hello. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, 26 it. women, no that's ship too with, many. With 20 women with gorgeous gowns and one man. <laughs> I don't know, man. I thought maybe... I, I was like thinking that sounded <laughs> yeah. nice. Jackie, you could not you could not have missed that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a long book. Like <laughs> she, she was like, no. I missed that. It is it is a party ship though, and they're happy because they have like a full hold. Yeah, there's also there are a bunch of beautiful women on it because they were like, "Hey, we're going home. We're going to be rich. You want to join us?" And they were like, "Yeah." So it's a bunch of like beautiful <laughs> island women, but it's not just one guy. They still have all the oh sailors. those women. They made a huge mistake. Can you imagine? If you live on an island and some guy shows up and he's like, hey, you want to come home and be rich? And you say yes. And you go back and you're going to Nantucket. Yeah. I'd kill him. I mean, these days you'd love to live in Nantucket, but back then it probably wasn't. Not compared to a beautiful island. No, 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 no. No, compared to, uh, you know, where most people live now. Sure. But not compared to a beautiful island paradise. A beautiful island where being rich means you have the money to buy all the candles you need to keep warm when it's dark and cold when you already had that for free. It's not cold in paradise, doesn't get cold Jackie. on a beautiful island. Yeah. It doesn't get That's cold. what I'm saying. You wouldn't need all that money on your beautiful island. Oh, yeah. I know. They don't get it. They, they don't get stayed. it. So anyway, 
Um, but there's oil everywhere. Like the people have like dumped out their own, you know, personal belongings just to fit more oil in. They're going to be mega rich. The mm-hmm. captain says, hey, they Ahab, say, come party with yeah, us. Yeah, come party with us. We're going home. And he's like, have you seen the whale? And the other captain's like, I don't believe in that thing. And the cap- and Ahab is like, get the fuck out of here then. It's like, F you. Yeah. We're not partying with you guys. Ahab says, have you lost any men? And the captain says, eh, not really. Not any important ones. Just some islanders. Oh. Oh. <laughs> They're rude. Racist or nautical. Racist. Well, more more room for oil, I guess. Yeah, oh my God, right? what if they threw out the what islanders? What if you did that on purpose? <laughs> yeah. for oil. They better not. They better not. Those women would be mad. You know what should happen? The women should throw the men overboard, take, take the oil the to Nantucket themselves, yeah. get whatever there, and go back home. Yeah, but that's a lot of work. Is it worth it? Let me work no. it. Maybe. <laughs> put my thing down. Flip it's it better than having to live in Nantucket for the no, rest of your life. No, I would just stay put... I wouldn't get on that boat oh. with all those greasy guys. Yeah, yeah so now uh, the Pequod, it kills four whales, and Ahab thinks about death and how that's so beautiful or something. And then while they're on the overnight watch, you know, because they have to lash the whales to the ship, and then the sharks come, and they're, like, watching and blah, blah, blah. Ahab shows up, and he comes to Fadala. You remember Fadala? He's one Our of great, the— great, great, great grandfather. Yeah, one of the Filipino dudes. The, the secret Filipino. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, the secret Filipino. Yeah, the— the leader of the secret, the secretist of the secret the most Filipinos. secret of all. The most yeah. secret and most Filipino of the secret <laughs> Filipinos. Wow. And he goes to Fadala and he's like, I had that dream again. And Fadala's like, you mean the one about the hearses? Look, I told you not to worry about that dream anymore. Two hearses have to be available to take you away if you die. One is invisible and one, the wood can only be made of American wood and there's none of that here. So therefore you can't die on this voyage. And one one cannot be made by mortal hands. Yeah, the that's the invisible one. The two that he has to see. That's convenient. And then, so Ahab's like, hey, that's nice. So I, is Fidala the one telling him he won't die? I thought Ahab was the one yeah. who was like, sweet. No, Fidala's saying you won't die. And he also says, and hey, think about it this way. Maybe nothing can kill you except hemp, like the hangman's noose. And Ahab is like, oh, sweet. I'm immortal. Oh, my God. Fidala says, I have to die before you're able to die. And you can only be killed by hemp. And so Ahab's like, this is fantastic. <laughs> Nothing can kill me because I'm going to be hanged. It's like Rachel and me. We both swore to outlive the other one. So we're never going to die. we have to. Yeah, there you go. But so, and even in this chapter, I believe Ishmael is like, I don't know why he said that because all the ropes on the boat are made out of hemp and people are frequently (laughs) killed in rope accidents. (laughs) Yeah, there's a little foreshadowing for you. He's going to die in a rope accident. Yeah, basically, but it's just crazy to be like... Nothing can kill you except all the stuff around you. Oh, only a rope can kill me? I'm safe on this boat and the boat, everything on the boat is either hemp or wood. (laughs) I'm safe. Yeah, if he had said, like, nothing can kill you but hot Tahitian ladies, he'd be like, well, thank God I didn't get on top of The Bachelor then. Yeah, phew. I don't know why I said on top of, on board of, maybe. (laughs) God, I didn't didn't get on top of that boat. (laughs) No hot Tahitian ladies here. Um, Mm -hmm. So anyway, now things start kind of mechanically going wrong. So Ahab has a navigation tool called a quadrant. I looked it up. It's kind of like a protractor like you use in math class. Like you yeah. see people like quadranting around on their little naval maps. It tells uh, you the latitude of the ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he gets all poetic and he's like, why is it that you can tell me where I am but not where Moby Dick is? And then he 
throws it on the ground and tramples and dances <laughs> on it. <laughs> Piece of shit. Can't even tell me where Moby Dick is. He just wants a GPS tracking device. He's before his time. Yeah. I could have given him one of those. Yeah. Yeah. You you don't have that yet, Ahab. All you had was that, but whatever. After Ahab does this and he's like, we're turning around, Starbuck is like, oh gosh, this is going to be bad for us. And Stubb is like, no, I like it. <laughs> yeah, Stubb cool. is always like, let's get crazier. I love this. Yeah. He's living for the moment. Yeah. He always is. Stubb and the Starbuck are kind of opposite. And then the Flask, why do you even have Flask? You never hear anything about him. He's a man of few Every words. time I hear about him, I'm like, what's his thing again? Because I always forget what his thing is. He's little. He's yeah. just tiny. He's little flask. I would think Stubb would be tiny. Well, it's Stubb with two Bs. Becca also has always thought that Stubb is missing a leg, but as we keep reminding her, he is not. <laughs> he should be with that name. <laughs> he should be. Mm. Well, the candles, this is a pretty cool chapter, I will say. Um, a huge storm mm-hmm. strikes the Pequod. The sail spooky gets again. torn. Oh, it gets spooky. The candles refers to like the three main masts of the ship they all get struck by lightning and catch on fire like a big fire Ooh, and there's like weird there's white flames that appear on the top and they everyone's like oh they look like yeah um, you know they look like candles yeah like spermaceti candles Ooh. and starbuck had been like oh my god we're lightning like we have to lower the rods where are the lightning rods and ahab is like don't touch those fucking yeah. rods if we catch on fire it'll be the fire by which we find the white whale and everybody's like what how would catching on fire in any way benefit your yep. search for the whale but he, but he says it's he says it's a good omen and he a sign that he's omen. so powerful yeah. and that he's going to succeed in his quest. Well, because fire can't kill him. Yeah. Only, only hemp, I guess. Rope. And yeah. thankfully there's nothing there that fits that <laughs> description. And then Starbuck, of course, is like, no, this is uh, a bad sign. Yeah. This is God telling you to stop doing it. You're probably wondering how I got in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, his whaling boat is struck by lightning and the blood-forged harpoon catches on fire and everybody runs to, like, get shit under control. But Ahab brandishes this on-fire demon blood harpoon at them and is like, don't you do anything! And they all just <laughs> run from him in terror. So everything is going crazy. But it's a cool chapter. Yeah. It's like the lightning flashes and you can see, like, Queequeg's tattoos are, like, writhing in the flames. And, I'm like, sure Ishmael's mm-hmm. watching that. I'm sure that's what he is watching at this moment. Yeah, he's like, ooh, can I see those tattoos? dance some more yeah. ahab ahab for some reason starbuck of course is like dude your harpoon is on fire this is i told you this is god telling you I not told to you. and ahab is like no 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 listen the my harpoon being on fire means that we're all bound together in this amazing quest and you have nothing to fear and then he's like i'm gonna blow out the last fear everyone has and then like blows out his harpoon <laughs> I just love taking this all the way to the end. Like, no, no, no. Actually, why couldn't he have been like that about his leg? Like, actually, my leg being gone is a sign. It's a that, sign from God uh, that I'm powerful. Yeah. I was so powerful that I survived. That, you know, I, I couldn't be contained with two legs. Yeah. And, and now my peen is gone. So I needed that to be gone, too, because that was like a third leg. And, it's too powerful. Yeah. yeah. yeah but, and now it's good that I'm on fire as well. You see how this is good? Yeah. God <laughs> sent this sign to say that we should keep doing what we're doing. there's three more chapters about like the rest of the night where they're just like hey can we do something to fix this boat and ahab's like no yeah yeah because like the the sails are whipping around and starbuck is like can we please like take them down and he's like nah do you think i'm an idiot yeah because he's like i don't want to lose any speed like we got to get there get where he doesn't even know where the whale is Get, get to japan he's a real weeb wherever moby dick is this is kind of like the time that I let let me just tell you, mm-hmm. I know his feeling because much <laughs> like how he 
He seems to be flying blind, but he's headed straight for Moby Dick. When Jordan, my friend Jordan, and I went to Japan, we entered like a five-story tall Uniqlo building in Japan. I obviously couldn't read any of the signs, and I made a beeline up onto some other floors. Da 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 da. Jordan was just following me. No idea what I was doing. I went straight to the Moomin item display that I didn't even know existed. Oh, you didn't even know it existed. Wow. No. <laughs> Jordan was apparently a little terrified. She couldn't believe it. She said it was one of the most um, amazing things she's ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she, you understand Ahab. Perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> the white Moomin. So in this, in perfectly. That's really all it is. Like, no, it's it's a good thing I'm on fire because this fire will lead me to the Moomins upstairs. And Jordan's like, mm-hmm. wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I love that. She was she stub uh, stub yeah. yeah yeah she was stub. <gasps> We've been doing a lot of swimming. What's next? We're gonna tell you a place you can swim. That place is Patreon.com/slash/FireTheCannon. Swim there. It's cool. It's pretty cool. So if you would like to support us, there are a couple ways that you can do so. One of them, as I just mentioned, is to become a patron. For a small contribution of $3 a month or more, you can do less if you really want to, no problem. You get access to all of our back catalog of bonus content. And, you know, in higher tiers, you can do all kinds of things. You can vote for upcoming books for us to cover, which you'll hear at the end of the episode. You can get a sticker. You can do various things. We'll give you a shout out every time. We love you. Yeah, you get bonus content. So if you can't support us that way at this time no problem we also always love to get a rating and review on apple podcasts or a thumbs up on spotify we really love it if you tell friends and family about us or just like follow us on our social media we're basically fire the cannon pod everywhere everywhere um there's several people that we interact with who are patrons and friends now who came to us from other friends so mm-hmm. even if you don't like podcasts i don't know why you're here in the middle mm-hmm. of this episode if you don't like podcasts but you know maybe you lost a bet <laughs> yeah maybe you lost a bet and you had to listen to all five parts of moby dick mm-hmm. anyway we're glad you're here um support us if you can we really appreciate you being here and doing whatever all right back under the sea we go <laughs> So the next chapter, the musket, um, Starbuck encounters Ahab like asleep in his quarters and the musket that Ahab had pointed at him is hanging on the wall and he's like, oh God, if I just take that musket and kill him, we can all go home. We'll all be safe. I'll see my family again. He's crazy. He's obviously not in his right mind. He's ruining the trip. Yeah, he's a good guy though because he's like, but I can't, I can't kill him even though I know it would make everything better. I just can't do it. Are you allowed to kill him? No, I mean, you're not allowed to kill him. Not really, but if he's this crazy and he kills him, he could probably get the sailors to back him up. Like, if they show back up on land and the captain's gone, just be like, he died. I think he also just doesn't have, like, a murderous bone in his body. He genuinely doesn't want to kill this guy. I thought they were allowed to mutiny, though. Can't they just tie him up? Yeah, but he he wants... But every time he tries to talk to him... Like, Like he doesn't want to have to kill him. Also, Ahab keeps somehow having this weird power over the crew. Like, he's able to kind of convince them. But the reason he decides not to kill Ahab is because he's like he's sleeping i can't kill a man who's sleeping yeah so he just goes back on deck and he's like stub you gotta wake him up i can't i can't interact with him right now (laughs) he knows he could probably get away with it but like 
he doesn't want to he doesn't want to have to kill him he wants to he doesn't want to kill a sleeping man he doesn't want to kill a sleeping man he doesn't want to kill ahab so um he doesn't go through with it so ahab wakes up in the morning this is the morning after the big storm and he realizes that the sun the rising sun is behind them which means they're sailing due west and he's like what the fuck we're supposed to be going to japan where are we going and he asked the guy steering the ship which way are we going and the guy's like "Uh, uh, east and he's like you're a liar and he punches him but then he looks at the compasses and realizes the compass is saying that they're going east. And he's like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> my mistake. This has happened before. The lightning messed up the compasses. He never apologized for punching the guy. Oh. Yeah. Just punches him out. And then he it's like, oh. He also calls himself the basically like the lord of the compass. And he makes his own needle. And he's like, we're going to sail according to this now. Oh, Ahab? Yeah. Yeah, he takes a needle, like one of the little needles that they use for mending the sails. And somehow makes a compass out of it. And you guys... I went full hyper focus on this. I was like, but how did he make a needle? Like, how do you make a needle? So I was looking it up because I was like, is this realistic? Like, does Melville know anything about how to actually make a compass? You have to magnetize the needle by like mm-hmm. rubbing it on some other metal back and Wait, forth. Wait, did you not make a, a compass when you were little? No, I never we did. We did this in school, like as a science okay. project. But my question is, <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what you have to do to all the other ones like me who didn't have a good education. What you have to do is you have to like oh. magnetize the needle by rubbing it on something. And eventually like the eye of the needle will point north because it's reacting to the Earth's magnetic core. And north is, you know, always in the same direction. But how can you magnetize that needle on a ship where all of the metal has been like fucked up by lightning? Like you, he, you, you can't, he's, he made it. It's, it's a problem. He's gone. He's gone crazy. Yeah. So anyway, I don't think Melville was right about this. I don't think that would have worked, but anyway, well, I don't know if that, I don't think that compass was supposed to be pointing in the right way. I think it was supposed to be. No, Ahab's he says like, it is. This is the Ahab compass. No, he's like, look that the sun's behind us and now it's pointing east and we're going. east. Well, maybe. Okay. Here's my suggestion for how Melville could be right. It's possible that if it's already magnetized, the lightning ruins the magnetization. But if it hasn't been magnetized yet, it's fine. So Maybe. then if you magnetize it afterwards. Maybe he just could have re-magnetized it and he didn't think of that. Yeah. Well, maybe not if it's already been messed up. Like cali- Maybe you just need to calibrate it, you know? It hasn't been calibrated. <laughs> well, he needs a damn GPS. Like, we've established yeah. this. Um, but everyone's everyone's pretty <laughs> upset because they were like, oh, man, we were kind of hoping we could just keep going west. But nope, now they have to turn yeah. around. There's another thing where, like, there's a log that they're trying to hoist. It tells you how fast you're going. And an old guy is like, Ahab, that line's not going to hold. Yeah, if the log swings back and forth at a certain rate or whatever. But he's like, yeah, that's not going to hold. Like, don't make us hoist it. The line's rotten. And he's like, it's going to be fine. And then it breaks and the log falls down but what happens in this chapter that's important is that ahab realizes that pip is his favorite because he's like we're both insane you can be my little buddy this guy yeah so he's like give me your black hand pip i'll hold your little black hand oh my god (laughs) i'll mention all the time that you're black and i'm white and it's okay because now we're friends did i mention you're black and i'm white and he says that pip gets to have his cabin to live in now so he and pip live together he basically adopts him. Yeah, he's like, this is my son now. He basically adopts him as his little son. Yeah, he's like, Pip, you're the only man on this ship who is thinking straight because we're both insane and I need your energy around me. <laughs> okay. And Pip is yeah. so cute. Poor I Pip, that's so him. sad. Yeah, but he, he's really loyal to Ahab. He's like, yes, master, like I want to be with you all the time. Chapter 126 is called The Life Buoy and the crew gets spooked Ugh. because they start to hear a really eerie wailing
crawling sound. And they're like, uh-oh, is that mermaids? Is that like the souls of newly drowned sailors? Ahab is like, no, guys, it's just seals. They're crying over their cubs. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's cool. even fucking sadder. And also they're like, okay, well, maybe you say that, but guess what? We're also superstitious about seals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give us anything and we'll be superstitious about it. Yeah. So they're like, it's not ghosts, it's seals. Well, we're scared of them too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he says, I forgot about this, but he says like, yeah, more than once a seal has been mistaken for a man in the water because of their like man-like faces. And I was like, you don't know what anything looks like. Man-like face. <laughs> like if you saw a seal, would you be like, oh, that's a dude. I wish a man looked like a seal. No, I'd be like, oh my gosh, that's one of the cutest things I've ever seen. Yeah, seals are really cute. Listen, Becca, here's a problem. A guy falls in the water, they throw a life buoy, but the life buoy is like old and rotted and it fills with water and sinks and then the guy drowns. So then the three mates are like, you know what floats? Queequeg's coffin. That's our new buoy. Queequeg suggests it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, you know what floats over here? You might want to take that. And Starbuck is like, okay. Yeah. Lash it to the side of the ship. They make it, you know, more buoyish, but they, um, like, the carpenter has to do some stuff to it, and then they, like, lash it to the ship, so they're just sailing around with a coffin <laughs> stuck to the side. <laughs> a good sign. <laughs> and then Ahab discovers it and is mad at the carpenter about it. He's like, what are you thinking making a, co- a coffin into the life buoy? And I'm like, this is all on you, my dude. Like, these were all your decisions. Yep. Um. So the next chapter is called The Pequod Meets the Rachel. That's me. Oh. Ooh. My appearance in the book, finally. This is one of the saddest chapters. <laughs> oh, crap. So they meet this other captain, and Ahab obviously is like, have you seen Moby Dick? And the captain's like, yeah, we have. Let me come on your boat and let's talk. We, we just saw him. Yeah. yeah. And he says, like, please, uh, when we were chasing Moby Dick, my son's boat that he was in got lost. He's only 12 years old. We're please help for me him. find him. Like we're we're looking and looking. Like please, you have to help us. And Ahab's like, Nah, I gotta chase Moby Dick. Yeah. So because no. he had told him, Yeah, we saw him. I feel like if yeah. he had said, No, we haven't seen him. Maybe Ahab would have agreed. I don't think so. I, no, I don't he think wouldn't. So. He'd be like, I gotta find. Him. I feel like that increases the dramatic irony, though. I don't yeah, know, but, but but the captain, he's so desperate. He's like, I will charter your boat. Like, I'll pay you very handsomely for ev- yeah. like just forty eight hours. Just let, just please oh, come please sail next to us so we can all look. And Ahab's like, No, get off my boat. Nah. Like, I hope you find your kid, but no. So he gets off the boat and goes away. Yeah. And oh, yeah. So now Ahab's getting crazier and crazier because he's like, Moby Dick's here. Like, I need to be the one to find Moby Dick. And Pip is like kind of following him around and being nice to him. And they're having these like weird philosophical conversations. And finally, Ahab tells Pip, like, you got to stay in the cabin because like, I like you too much. And if we hang out, you're going to distract me from revenge he basically says like you're starting to make me sane again and i i can't have that i need to keep my yeah like i'm caring about you and i don't want to because then i'll stop being obsessed about the whale i feel like i've seen this trope before (laughs) pip's like oh okay bye and he has to go back to the cabin yeah like in every hallmark movie where the businesswoman is like i can't have my heart's walls fall down now i'm just about to close the deal yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah (sighs) <sighs> but in this case, he does keep the heart's walls he up. He does. So. There's a, another bad omen where um, everybody's or walking around. Or a good around. omen. I mean, I feel like it's a bad omen, but an eagle comes down <laughs> and plucks Ahab's hat off and flies away with it. And Ishmael's like, usually birds actually drop the hat again, but this one didn't. 
<laughs> it just left yeah. and they're like, okay. That's a bad omen. Yeah. So now they encounter another ship called the Delight. And this boat is towing around like the splintered ribs of one of their whale boats that's been destroyed. And it, they brought it back onto the ship to try to repair it. And the captain says, yeah, we were chasing Moby Dick and he shattered this boat and four of the five guys drowned and the fifth one was killed and we're burying him now at sea. So they have him wrapped up in his hammock and they're going to throw him overboard and Ahab is like, quick, sail away fast. But before they can sail away. <laughs> this is a bad omen. <laughs> yeah, this is a bad omen. Before they can sail away, the other ship drops the sailor and the water splashes up onto the side of the Pequod. And they're like, oh, my God, that dead man's ocean water oh, touched death our water. Ship. <laughs> so that's the first thing where Ahab's like, I can't spin this. This is bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's a good thing that that corpse blasts our ship. No, because the corpse <laughs> yeah. saw Moby Dick. So now the ship. Yeah. Has yeah. The set of Moby Knows Dick. where. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a really, I think, really sad chapter. Um, it's called the Symphony, and Ahab is just gazing out on the water, and it looks like he's got some like humanity back in his eyes for once, and his eyes kind of have some tears in them. And Starbuck comes up, and Ahab is like. I was just thinking about how I've been on a ship since I was 18 years old and I went on my first voyage and now it's been 40 years. Now and I'm I, 25. <laughs> yeah, it's been 40 years and now I'm 25. He's like, now it's been 40 years and in all those 40 years, I haven't spent three of them on land. I've been on a ship almost my entire life. Why have I done this? Like, why have I been out here so long? It's such a hard life. And he's like thinking about like the sweet green fields and his family and his little baby. Maybe and he's I should like, go home. The mowers right about now would probably be like mowing and there would be all of the sweet hay everywhere. And maybe I should just go home. And Starbuck is crying too. And he's like, yes, like just forget this, like forget the stupid whale. Like you have a family. Let's go I back have a to family. our family. Let's go yeah. home. We have all this oil. You can do it. All you have to do is just say the word. And Ahab's like, no, I can't. I don't think I can stop. Yeah. I can't stop. And Starbuck goes away and This despair. is my fate. This is my fate. And he's making it everyone else's fate too, though. That's his I problem. I know. Well, That's fate is I'm fate. Fate is fate. We all share it. We all gave our pagan blood not to me. the dude. I know. Why do they do that? <laughs> I would not give him my blood. If I were them, I'd be like, oh, uh, I'm a Christian now, actually. Yeah, I'm a Christian, actually. Or even worse, I'm a Jew. I don't know. Like, what would he hate the most? <laughs> well, as far as pagan blood, I don't know. Maybe Jewish blood would count as pagan to Ahab. Uh, okay. Well, whatever. So the next day, we spot Moby Dick. It is page 380 out of 400. Nice. And Moby Dick shows up. And Ahab sees him. And Tashtego at the same time spots him and he's like, I got the doubloon. Like he promised the doubloon to the first person yeah. to, to call out. And Ahab was like, mm, I, I saw him first, actually. Yeah, so the doubloon's actually yeah. mine. Oh. Yeah. But he was like, but I called out for him at the same time. And Ahab was like, yeah, but not earlier. So still mine. Sorry. Very Mr. Krabs of him. He's crazy. Yeah. I know. Like, <laughs> he reminds me of Mr. Krabs. <laughs> there is an episode of Mr. Krabs, like about Mr. Krabs, I think, where he's like being Captain Ahab. He's Ahab, yeah. There's a Moby Dick episode. Yeah. He's chasing a clam. Yeah, on a boat. Yeah. But it's just yeah. crazy because it's like, this is your greatest moment of triumph, dude. You can't give a guy a doubloon, really. How much is the doubloon worth? A lot. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He's got enough. Yeah. And also, like, you want these guys to keep working for you. You haven't got him yet, you know? Yeah. So they send out boats. Ahab is like, stay on board and man the ship in case I die. I don't want you in the whale boat. So I'm going out there. Mm -hmm. So they get close enough. And, but Moby Dick, now we're getting a sense of like, this thing is wily. He's like playing with the boats. He's not even trying to get away. Way, he's like, I'm gonna kill you guys. Good for him, honestly, though. Yeah, he is not afraid. He pops up 
right under Ahab's boat and destroys it and it throws all of them in the water. Yeah, and he's like grappling with the lower jaw, like this jaw that is like swinging back and forth because it's been broken. The weird, creepy, skinny jaw. Yeah, and he's trying to like wrench it off and he almost falls in the whale's mouth, but he slips and he doesn't tear the jaw off and he doesn't fall in the mouth. He falls, uh, Ishmael makes sure to tell us he falls flat-faced on the water, like (laughs) face plant. Yeah. And Moby Dick starts swimming a whirlpool around him so no other boats can save him. And all they can see is Ahab's little head in this, yeah, in the middle of this whirlpool. Too bad he didn't die then and they could all go about their lives. But the Pequod, the, none of the other boats can get in there because this gigantic, massive whale is swimming around and the Pequod itself, the big ship, has to come and like drive Moby Dick off and rescue Ahab. So the boat is destroyed, <laughs> but everyone survived and Ahab's like, let's keep going. So now it's the yep. second day of the chase. And of course, when I saw the first day was, you know, the name of the chapter, I was like, oh, there's going to be three days because there's three of everything. And even the... Mm-hmm like crew of the ship realizes this they're like oh well it's going on the second day so i bet there's going to be three yeah <laughs> the second day comes and this time they're able to get some harpoons into him but he swims all around almost like as though he's intelligent oh. and he's like tangling up the lines on purpose yes rachel ishmael also says like look ahab is crazy but like sometimes ships will chase a particular whale yeah for a while like, this isn't that out of the ordinary. Okay. It's a massive whale. Yeah. It would get a lot of oil. But yeah, so he's like swimming around and he manages to tangle up the lines in such a way that he gets Stubbs' boat and Flask's boat to like crash into each other and they both smash into a million pieces. That is so smart. Well, he's a whale. Mm-hmm. He's a smart guy. Yeah, but he's clearly yeah. smarter than all the other whales even. Mm-hmm. And the humans. Well, he's, yeah. he's just not a pacifist like the other whales. He's not a pacifist. He's not going down yeah. without a they fight. They could do this. He's like the yeah. orcas. Jackie made a pun, pacifish. Thanks, Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he breaks Ahab's boat in half. He throws them all out of it, breaks it in half. And then the Pequod comes to get them. And again, Ahab is alive, but now his new leg has been snapped off. So now he's <laughs> got his the replacement new fake leg. leg. Oh, the new replacement. fake leg. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That would be funny if they snapped off his real leg and then he just had like two <laughs> no. stubs. Oh no. He yeah. needs to swap yeah. names yeah. with stubs. Also, so Ahab's pissed, but guess what? Guess what they find out when they get back to the boat, Becca? Everyone's there except Pip. Fadala. Fadala. The Filipino guy. Oh, he died. So now yeah. Ahab can die. The guy die. who's like, I have to die first. Yeah. And and he was dragged down by Ahab's rope, which hemp. is made of hemp. Ooh. Stubb says, I saw him get caught in your line and dragged under. And Ahab is like, my, li- my line? And it's like, yeah, you idiot, your line. Surely not my line. <laughs> <laughs> so Fadal is gone. Starbuck obviously is like, dude, stop. And Ahab says, he can't. He he's fate's lieutenant. He has to keep going after Moby Dick. This is his destiny. He's, he, I'm sorry. Like, I'm going to say something, but I feel like this is such a man thing to do because, like, yeah. I would never be fate's <laughs> lieutenant if they're like, Becca, if you continue on this journey, you and everyone else is going to die. I'd be like, well, then I just won't. But it's your fate. I'm just not going to do it. What are you going to do? Not my problem. It just doesn't seem like my problem. Can you think of other examples of men who would continue? Because I also think most men I know would probably not. Oh, really? I don't know. It reminds me of... Okay, here's, here's a story. Alexander the Great. No, it reminds me of Darius. And I don't feel... I don't think he'll listen to this. I was going to say Darius would never do this. No, he would. Okay. Because maybe not to the extent, but (laughs) basically (laughs) we went skiing recently 
And oh, I yeah. have skied and I've snowboarded. I switched to snowboarding like a few, like several years ago. So I know how it is. If you've never done it before, you have one day, it's, you have more fun skiing on the first day. Cause like mm-hmm. the learning curve for snowboarding is yeah. like really, really steep. Like you, you're not going to have fun the first day. Basically like it's really easy to start skiing, but it takes a ton of work to get really, really good at skiing. But with snowboarding, it's hard to get started. But once you get started, it's not that much work to get pretty good. And also Darius isn't even blonde. So of course he's not going to have the most yeah, fun. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't, he, the odds are against it, but basically you have one day, (laughs) there's a cheat code with skiing where you just make the pizza slice and it slows you down and And you you can go down, at least go down the mountain mountain and you're in control (laughs) and you can have fun. You don't look cool, but you're doing it, you know, and that doesn't take that long to figure out every day of my life. Yeah. But snowboarding (laughs) is, there's no cheat code like that, you know? So the, the learning curve is steeper, but anyway, he wanted to snowboard He's never done either. And I said, Darius, I think you should ski. I think you'll have a lot more fun if you ski. But he's a monomaniac. But Darius, he just like was like, I'm going to snowboard. I'm going to, and I'm just like, he would have had a lot more fun if he had just skied. Oh, so is there any like, so I thought there was going to be a part to the story where it's like, and then something terrible happened and he still insisted on snowboarding. I mean, he kind of ruined his whole day well, and aw. Becca also didn't have a great time. And then I was stuck <laughs> trying to help him learn. So we went down the mountain and I tried to get him to go all the, because he was too scared to run into someone. So he couldn't go down the bunny mm-hmm. slope. Like he refused to run into someone that he knew because it's embarrassing <laughs> or to anyone because because he's big and they're no, just bump into a child basically <laughs> or just physically yeah. but <laughs> anyway so we went down the big mountain and then he like refused to go down so i had to snowboard down like 100 feet take my board off put it on walk back up the mountain and then go up and like hold his hands while he went down the mountain and i Aww, did that the whole hundred feet at a and time. i was just like i told you to ski buddy you know what are we- yeah, I told you. Well, when when you were thinking of that example, I thought of another one of a time that a man in my life like would not give up even when all signs pointed to disaster mm-hmm. and it ended in disaster, which is one oh time gosh. I was with my family when I was still like in high school and um my stepdad had this brilliant idea where he wanted to drive on the beach, but we were in a minivan. We had a Dodge mm. Caravan, and he was like, we're driving on the beach. I've done this before. Not in a minivan. I'm from the beach, blah, blah, blah. I know all about the beach. He's like, he's over mm. here being Ishmael. Ishmael. Ahab. He knows about whales because he measured a skull one time. Well, kind of oh. both. He's like, I'm one with the ocean. I'm all things ocean. I beach. I do beach man things. And mm-hmm. I was the only one because I have this reputation in my family for being like the pessimist, you know, like the dark cloud. The naysayer. The star. The naysayer. And I'm over here saying, motherfucking nay, you're not driving this Dodge Caravan <laughs> on the beach. But he's like, you shut up. I'm going to do it. So I'm in the back and I'm just like got my I little. I thought she was a horse. How many times she was saying nay. <laughs> Um, and I'm sure I had like my stupid little like iPod or whatever it was like 2006 or whatever. iPod Nano. Yeah. Yeah. And then we go to drive onto the beach and sure enough, instantly we get stuck and he's like spinning (laughs) the wheels and I'm just like, this is so embarrassing. Like nobody ever thought this was a good idea and now everyone can see this minivan stuck in the dunes (laughs) and the tide is approaching and i was like this is well we're all gonna die and multiple people in these like big trucks with big tires that are actually made for driving on the sand came over and were like trying to help and were like talking to us and i was like don't fucking look at me i'm in the back with my ipod i i told him not to do this (laughs) so they had to tow us out of there but it's like he took his whole family Stuck them in, in the this sand. vehicle, <laughs> stuck them in the sand, 
And we, you know, that was his fate. And he was told over and over again not to do it. But, yeah. you know, yeah, that's, there are a lot of Ahabs among he's us. Fate's lieutenant. Yeah, fate, he's fate's lieutenant. And it's bitch. <laughs> people who know tell you not to. Multiple people who know. But for reasons you can't even explain, your heart is set on this. And that's all that matters. <laughs> and he sure couldn't yep. explain. Yeah. Nope. nope. So that is all to say that, unfortunately, we're on the last chapter of the book, the third day of the chase. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yes. The, the carpenter makes him his final leg out of the broken bits of the harpoon boat. Does he still have his, his blood harpoon? He still got his original leg. He still has his blood harpoon. Yeah. We okay. don't know where his peen is. It's unclear. It's better for the story. The chase enters its third day. And this time, and Ahab has been like timing, well, this is how long it takes a whale to swim, and this is how long they go under, and then they come up. But uh, he finds on the third day that they've overshot him. They were like, well, I forgot to account for the fact that he has like, yeah, they were like, he doesn't, we didn't account for the fact that he has lines in him, so he's slowing down. So we overshot him, so we have to, you know, stall and wait. So they wait and they wait, and they see him. Well, also Ahab's like, oh no, like, I'm not chasing him anymore. Now he's chasing me. That's a bad sign. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, well... He's not chasing he's you. He's not chasing he's you. He's swimming in the direction he was always Sailed over swim. his yeah. head, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, he also, I feel like, uses that as an excuse. Like, look, he's coming for me. And Starbuck is like, he's not fucking coming for you. You're still chasing him. Like, he's a whale. <laughs> yeah, he's going to the same place, and you just put yourself in his path. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, look, he's chasing me. <laughs> it's like if, you're, if your sister is, like, again, in the back of the car on a road trip, like, she's just doing her thing, and then you go and put your face right where her arm is, and you're like, she hit me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Becca knows. But so they lower down. And here's another racist or nautical moment. Um, spoiler, mm-hmm. it's racist. But oh, they darn. get in and the sharks immediately start to follow Ahab's boat. And he's like, hmm, is this a bad omen? Or is it just because everybody in my boat is a pagan and their skin is all musty? <laughs> what? And so it draws sharks. He says it draws sharks more than white He's skin. trying to say brown people stink more than white people? That's what white people always say, but it's fake news. I'm sorry, Jackie. No, I've heard that I've heard that white people smell like wet dogs. So I'm not I saying you smell like wet dogs. I don't dog. think that's I'm true. I'm just saying all the brown people I know are very particular about showering very often. But also scientifically, white people, more of them actually ha- produce body odor. Like oh, there are tons and tons of non-white people who literally don't have body odor. But are they more meticulous about showering because they know that the stereotype is that they're Because they know about their shark must. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they know. know the sharks are coming for them. I don't no, know. I mean, a lot of times if you're brown, you clean yourself more because maybe historically you came from a place where you would sweat more. So you'd clean yourself more. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Like I think maybe also. You were used to it. Or maybe you had a, you came from a place with like where you hadn't ruined your water supply so you could submerge yourself in it. Yeah. Unlike I don't stinky know. Londoners. I saw a tweet or something. A long time ago, years ago, that said, like, wait a second, so white people don't wash their legs? And I thought, you're supposed to wash your legs. <laughs> Jackie. Jackie. <laughs> See, this is what I white mean. White people just let the soap run The down. water just, like, runs over them. And wait, but I'm Jackie, like, what? Know, what do my legs ever get dirty? What? Well, now I wash my legs okay. since I saw that. Well, it, at least exfoliate. She's not exfoliating. Yeah. I'm I mean, sorry. you shave your legs. Oh, like, Jackie. Did you talk to Joshua? Did you ask him if he washes his legs? I haven't. Um, oh, can you ask him? Wait, Jackie, but did you wash your feet at least before? Um, I feel like yes. Jackie? Or did the soap run down? Yes. Okay. Hold on. Let me text him. Um, all right. So 
Do you let, wash let me, okay. your legs in the shower? Okay. I bet he does. While we're waiting, I do have a relevant story. Oh, no. Is, okay. We're going to, um, we're creating tension what? before the end of the book. Yeah. Just like freaking Herman Melville did all the time. Hey, do you guys want to hear some whale facts for like 10 hours? Yeah. <laughs> no, this is about my little puppies. So they just got fixed on Friday. We adopted them from the shelter. So even if R.I.P. uterus and balls. Yeah. Even if we didn't want to get them fixed, which we would have wanted to, we had to contractually, like as part of the adoption. You have to do it at six months if they're, you adopt them. <laughs> the contract is Fate's lieutenant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. So so anyway, so we got the puppies, we got them fixed and they're feeling great. They're super energetic, which like we're literally sedating them and Steven <laughs> Sorry, Joshua just responded. Oh, what did he say? I said, do you wash your legs in the shower? And he said, uh-huh. yes, where else would I wash them? Yeah, that's what I knew he was going to say. I don't think he's joking. I think he's telling the truth and joking. I don't know. That's really funny. I didn't expect that. Okay, go on. But why um, do you shower? Anyway, why do so, people shower so long if they're not even washing their whole body? Like, what's taking so long? Just feels nice. Oh, okay. Warm water. Anyway, we have them sedated, and no one can believe it. They're bouncing all over the place, even though we're doing our best. But so Stephen had them in the yard, and he was talking to this nice old man who, let's say, he sells a substance for a living that you're not allowed to sell. Oh, bombs. And we're friendly with him. He's very nice. And he was talking to Steven about the puppies and Steven's like, oh yeah, you know, he's not, he's not supposed to jump a lot because he had surgery. And the guy's like, what, you know, what happened? And Steven said he got fixed. And the guy's like, no, what? You do that? And Steven's like, yeah, we had to do that. We got him from the shelter. And he's like, I wouldn't get a dog from the shelter. I would just buy a dog. You cut his balls off. What do you think if someone did that to you? Steven said, well, I mean, I'd like to see them try. Oh, oh I wouldn't Steven have said was that. like, look, I don't know, man. If I got to live in someone's house for free and get fed three square meals a day and that was the price, I don't know. And but it the makes guy, me live longer. And I know. And he that's what he said. And he's like, I mean, apart from that, we still have to do it. And the guy just walks away and shakes his head and he goes, man, white people are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, wait a second. It is kind of a crazy thing to respond. I'd like to see them try. (laughs) The thing is, I agree with him that white people are crazy, but this is not a white people thing. Like, we live in Atlanta. If you look at whenever animals get adopted, a lot of times they'll post pictures of the animals with their new family. White people are not the majority of the people adopting these, like animals that have been did he say that because it's a pit bull and people are like don't fix pit bulls so they'll stay ferocious no just in general he just couldn't believe that you would like neuter a dog at all not just about a pit bull yeah any disagreement that you guys have or that he and steven would have it's because white people are the race card yeah yeah that's the thing but isn't that funny it's a nice trump card he's got there (laughs) i just when i think about like all my friends with pets the ones who haven't fixed their dogs actually tend to be white and they're like weird about it not about being white but about like not fixing their dogs crunchy people but so anyway okay now we're back all right so there was this racist moment where Ahab was like, maybe the sharks are following us. White because people being crazy. It can't be a bad omen. It's got to be because of the, the skin stinky or brown people. The stinky brown <laughs> yeah. people. So Moby Dick surfaces, the then he leaps. And this is like the most 
magnificent thing you can imagine. 30 feet in the air, they see the entire body of the white whale come up out of the surf and there's water spraying all around and there's barnacles and stuff. And as he leaps, we see the torn up body of Fadala still caught in the lines, staring with his dead eyes right at Ahab. Strapped to Moby Dick. Yeah. Oh my God. Ahab needs to get the hint. And Ahab drops his harpoon and is like, oh shit. (laughs) He realizes, he's like, oh my gosh, that is the hearse not made by man because a hearse is just a vehicle carrying a corpse and there's Fadala riding around on Moby Dick. Oh, no. (laughs) Okay, it's not funny, but riding around on him is a crazy way to say that. (laughs) He's weekend at Bernieing over there. Well, it's crazy that Fadala gives him all these omens and the first time Ahab hears them, he's like, well, this couldn't possibly relate to me. And then as time goes on, he's like, oh my gosh, that's the omen, that's the omen, that's the (laughs) omen. Like, even if you could easily ignore it. Well, Fadala was also giving the omens as though to say, like, look, this can't possibly happen to you when in fact it all did. Because I have to die first and then he's dead now. I'm never dying. (laughs) Dies like two days later. (laughs) Yeah. So we see, so that's a really freaky thing is we see Fadala getting dragged around his dead body. Making eye contact with Ahab. Yeah. <laughs> Going like this. <laughs> yeah. So Pointing he, at the eyes and... Yeah. He's got like his, I'm, keep, I'm watching you kind of yeah, hand motion. I'm watching you motion. Oof. So... If you recall, the ship had caught on fire and a lot of the whaleboats have been destroyed by Moby Dick. So they're like trying to fix mm-hmm. things even at the same time as they're on this hunt. So Tashtego and Queequeg are like repairing the mastheads on top of the ship and trying to like fix the boats. They look up and Tashtego is like up on top of the ship on top of the highest masthead as tall up as you can be. And he's like hammering a red flag in the top, like the flag of, of Ahab, of the, of the Pequod. And they look up and see that Moby Dick is heading straight for the helm of the Pequod. Like, he's getting ready mm. to jam that thing. And Ahab the sees it, too. what? Sorry. Like, the front, the front. of the oh, ship. okay. He's going to headbutt it. And Moby Dick runs head on at the ship and splits the hull and the ship rends open and water pours in and it starts to ship and Ahab looks at it and he it says oh my sink. god starts to, sh- to sink and he says the ship is the <laughs> second hearse the wood can only be American and he's like the ship is gonna sink without me and I don't even have like the glory of getting to be on my ship when it sinks as its captain and he's, he's like on a whale boat fuck this whale he's like I'm getting that whale yeah and then he says that quote that you read at the beginning which was towards the know, Iron my last From hell's breath. heart, I stab at thee. Yeah. Yeah. So he throws his harpoon to try to get Moby Dick one last final try as the ship is sinking, and he throws it. He gets him. Yeah, he hits him, but the line is flying past his head, and he ducks so he doesn't get caught by it, but it wraps around his neck and flings him off the boat and drags him under. Yeah, so he goes down with Moby Dick. And now he's got hemp around his neck. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So Moby Dick pulls him down. Fadala was really good at Yeah fortune telling yeah he was he was really good he kind of missed his calling there but uh (laughs) so the ship is sinking and the last thing you see is tashtego's arm rising above the waves still hammering down the flag even as the ship is sinking why well you gotta die somehow you might as well do something cool do something cool and a bird lands on the flag and also gets sucked down with the ship and they're like well the ship couldn't go down to hell without taking a little piece of heaven with it which is the bird i didn't know they felt that way about birds until then (laughs) i I didn't know that either they'd also it also pulls down all of the other harpoon boats so all the crew get sucked into the vortex except except ishmael why does ishmael live how does he survive? Well, 
he also he gets thrown free so he's like thrown away from the vortex so that's one way that he survives and the other way is he gets thrown free and as he's floating there up out of the whirlpool pops queequeg's coffin which is the only thing that's floating and he gets in there and he just lays in it for a on. day and a night and then the rachel comes to pick him up the boat that ahab had said i'm not gonna help you find your kid did they ever find the boy i doubt it well we don't oh. know I doubt it. I feel like Moby Dick is pretty good oh, at killing. We things. don't know. They're still looking. When they pick when they pick Ishmael up, they um, they're still looking. Aww. So I say, you know what? I'm on team. They okay. find the boy. Team team peen, team team. They find the boy. And team they find the boy. Yeah, maybe they do. Ugh. And so Queequeg died. Queequeg's dead. Is Ishmael sad? Yeah. Tashtego's dead. Pip is dead. Ahab is dead. Starbuck is dead. Flask is dead. Stubb is dead. The cook is dead. dead. Yeah, they're all the dead. The blacksmith is dead. The carpenter's dead. I mean, I'm just thinking about this. Well, I don't though. care like, about those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, you kind of should. They're good people. Starbuck. Yeah, yeah Starbuck sorry. I care about. Pip. Hello. Pip. Yeah. Pip. You can finally see his sane self again. And they can hang out. And all those innocent people. There we go. So that's, that is that. I mean, I think we, he is sad about Queequeg because you remember earlier in the book, he kind of foreshadows Queequeg's death and he seems sad about it. But as it's like in the epilogue, he's not talking about being sad. But the whole time he was foreshadowing, like, I'm going to do something cowardly and only I will survive. I thought he was going to be like, oh, I saved myself when I could have saved Queequeg or something, but he didn't. And I'm like, well, he didn't no. have the option. He yeah. didn't have the option at all. Unless, so then, okay, so then why are we not saying what his real name is? Like, what is the meaning of this? Can you someone? Yeah, it wasn't a Jack me, and like, Rose situation. Like, he wasn't Rose and yeah. Quick oh was my Jack. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. Right. Ugh. So why is it call me Ishmael? Why was this the foreshadowing about him doing something bad? Is Ishmael Ahab? Here's the other thing. No, no, no. He's not. But what I don't understand is in the book, he's like, just call it call me this but then in the book he's also saying like i went all over the world and told everyone this story so they yeah. obviously know that he's the one yeah. <laughs> but also throughout the book i noticed no one ever says hey ishmael come here like no one ever calls him that so we don't have any real reason to believe that is his actual name so i'm like can you no i mean i'm asking for real like can you tell me what is the mystery about ishmael here is his importance as the narrator a thing at all or does he just happen to be a guy who's talking and it doesn't matter who he is well we know we talked about i think in the first episode why he may have chosen the name ishmael like the meaning of it but like why does he choose a name why doesn't he just tell us what his name is i think so personally i think that herman melville did it that way because it does make it more allegorical than if he was just like my name's tom hanks And I'm from here. He's like, oh, I'm call me this name that you recognize from the Bible. And listen, we're about to see this like crazy allegory play out about the hubris of man and, you know, blah, blah, blah. The futility Mm. of revenge, but the eternal spirit of humanity, whatever. I, I appreciate that. I think I was just waiting for there to be some type of betrayal. Um, but there wasn't. It was really just Ahab. He just has survivor's guilt, I'm sure. That's probably why Oh, yeah. He, survivor's yeah, guilt is bad. definitely a big thing. And he survived on the coffin of his husband. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. And, you know, it was inscribed with his husband's tattoos, his yeah. unique tattoos that laid out a philosophy of heaven and earth or whatever. <sighs> yeah. So, anyway, but so we have we have the coffin, which Queequeg inscribed to tell his story. And then we have Moby Dick, which Ishmael uses to tell his story and everyone else's. Yeah. And presumably Moby Dick survives. He's fine. He doesn't care that he's yeah, got he's harpoons in him. He's had them before. He'll have them again. Yeah. <laughs> probably. I like this book. Um, 
I would never read it again. <laughs> didn't you text me and you were like, ugh. Yeah, ugh, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, it was, listen, here's my thoughts on it. Um, I'm not one of those people that's like plot to the, ex, you know, exclusion of all else. There was not much of a plot here, but I don't believe that that's a criticism. It's just a fact. But mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, Moby Dick shows up on page 380 out of 400. So mm-hmm. if you're waiting for like the action, a lot of it doesn't happen till then. But in between, there's a lot of really cool stuff. Um, the writing is gorgeous all the way through. There's never a part where I'm like, eh, he kind of phoned in the prose. Even the weird, boring chapters, it's still really good writing. The weird, boring chapters are the most beautiful. Yeah, yeah some of the most beautiful. I don't know... If I so I happened to be re-listening to like our F. Scott Fitzgerald episode not long ago and we were talking about the Great mm. Gatsby, or maybe it was one of the Great Gatsby's that like came on while I was playing something else. And mm. we were talking about like, oh, the Great Gatsby is the, you know, the quintessential great American novel. And Rachel said, Well, maybe not. Maybe there's other options, like maybe Moby Dick. And I thought, I don't know if I would call this the great American novel. It just it's a great novel, but I don't know if I would place it above the other ones. I mean, hubris, that's a very... American thing. American trait. (laughs) Yes, it is. Following a crazy man to our doom. That's something we might... Colonization. ...continue to do for a while. Yeah, honestly. Melting pot. Yeah. You know? I, so here's my thing. I don't know... I don't want to fire it because I like it and I think it's great. It's really, really good. But should it be in the canon where we consider or we, where we continue to, like, have students read it? Because... As we've often said, if you make students read a book that is racist, too draggy, not oh. even racist, but like, what are we supposed to get out of the many hundreds of pages that are just about whales, you know? Well, I feel like, okay, and it is because we really don't have that much time to read that many books in high school. You would have to do like a whole semester on this in yeah, high school. Yeah, and so it's... I think this is a good one to read in college for English majors. I think this would be a bad one. Did you read it? I don't think I did, but it was included on a lot of different in a lot of different courses. There was probably like American novels and novels of the whatever century, and then like ocean. Like there were a bunch of options, so I'm sure it was included. But um, I, I just don't think this would be good for high schoolers. I do think it would be good for them to read like a chapter just to say, oh, here, you know, here's a little sampling know. of his language. Yeah, I, but a, but a chapter by itself, you really there's. You can't get all of the good. Chapter parts one just was in good. It. it was funny. Yeah, chapter one was they good. Might it was keep, funny. They might but... want to keep going. So I think it's a good introduction. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like the poetics of it, like oftentimes, are very concentrated into like one small chapter. But you don't get the all the poetics in like the funny action-packed chapters. Sometimes you get a little of each. I think the only way this would work for high school is if it's on the list of options you can read in the summer, like for extra credit or whatever. Like when the teachers are like, here's 20 books, you can pick one to read this summer and write a report on. Or if it's like an AP English class, it's so it's already nerds who are interested in books and the teacher's like, we're going to spend the whole semester reading about this or we're going to do this and one other book. I think that having this in a general English class for kids who aren't already convinced that they like to read would be a bad idea. (laughs) I was just going to say one way it could work. I don't think they should read the whole book. But if it's very prosy and stylistic, I think it'd be great to mm-hmm. take excerpts of this. Like if they if they were learning about prose, you know, and excerpts of someone mm-hmm. like John Steinbeck or a no-nonsense yeah. writer and just be like, oh, compare these. Hemingway. Yeah, but maybe not read the whole yeah. thing. Like these two are both good. 
but yeah. they're very different. Like if I were the editor of this book, um, I think I would almost consider like what would be the harm in taking out like maybe 12 to 15 of the chapters that are just facts about whales, you know? Like it's not that I think, I think each of them individually are bad, but like as a whole, I maybe would have enjoyed this book more if I didn't have all those facts. But when I look at it as a whole also, I'm like, well, the fact that we have all of those chapters, I think – builds a greater case for like the obsession that Ishmael has and like this mm-hmm. yeah. all consuming obsession with the sea that also Ahab clearly has for like a different well, sort of topic. Plus it does it builds up the tension a lot where, you know, every few chapters you pause and he's like, let me tell you some whale facts. And yeah. then you get back into it. And also um just it's like a commercial though. That, it's like you're just drawing it out with commercials also being at sea on a whaling ship was it was like a tedious slog punctuated by like crazy action yeah and so it's possible that melville was he wanted to create that effect in his readers yeah i think that makes (laughs) like this is this is what it feels like to go after a particular whale for a year Mm -hmm. and finally catch him it feels like pushing your way through all of these like crazy chapters of whale facts and then you finally see the guy (laughs) yeah so i think it's i'm not saying i necessarily would do that i think you could and you would have still a great book and i also think that i see why it is there it has a, a method yeah i personally if i were an english teacher i would rather not have the kids read it than have them read the abridged version i would do a chapter and or i would say like hey you could read this over the summer or if there's a particular kid I think would like it, I would be like, you might want to try Moby yeah. Dick. But I would said, not. I don't think I would want to teach an abridged Moby Dick because I feel like that kind of defeats the purpose. I Yeah, I agree because like we said, there isn't a lot of plot. Like if you boil it down, like this guy joins a whale ship and there's a captain who really wants to catch this whale and then he almost does, but it kills doesn't. everyone. <laughs> so like yeah. if you abridge it, that's really all you end up with. Like the substance of it is in the telling. Yeah. Yeah, and but I, man, I mean, you could have gotten I, away yeah. with just taking out one or two of them, and no one would have noticed. <laughs> Maybe, but I'm glad they're in there. Overall, I mm-hmm. just think it's not a good book to make all the kids read in high school. But for an English class in college, good idea. So, is it in the canon? I say yes. Do you not? I'm not saying not. Well, I think so. Okay, say say what you say. Well, but okay. usually when we usually when we say it's in the canon, we mean it should be taught to high schoolers. But in this case, we're saying maybe not. No, but no, it's still it in doesn't, the canon as an option. No, it doesn't have to mean it should be taught to high schoolers. It means like it should be on the list of like these are canonical works that if you want to be like if you want to have a good feel for like Western literature or if you want to be an author who has a lot to refer to or like just a well-read reader. These are books that we think are good. And yeah, yeah I would agree. Is there anything else like this? Moby Dick. Where you're like. If you want to be well-read, you could read Moby Dick or you could read this other thing, which does the same thing. Seems like not. There's James not does the same thing. No, I don't know if anything does the same thing. It does feel, that's the thing about Moby Dick is it feels extremely modern with, with how he is going on all these different digressions because some of the chapters are written like a play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just very, yeah. Some of them are, they're written like a play with stage directions. Some of them are written like, like a dictionary Mm-hmm. definition mm-hmm. of something or mm-hmm. like a museum informational pamphlet basically yeah. and then some of it is like a more flowery biographical thing and some is just conversation like he goes all over the place with his style so it's it's very interesting yeah he tries all kinds of very inventive yeah 
especially when you consider when it was written. It just mm-hmm. doesn't really feel that much like other like other things from that time period that and I he read. he dedicated the whole entire thing to Nathaniel Hawthorne. What? Nathaniel. Was it why? Yeah, yeah, he did. You remember? He was he, in love what? with him. Were you on our Herman Melville bio episode? No, I think I was, he was but hot. I forgot. So Nathaniel Hawthorne was hot, so he's like, hey... This is this one's for you. He's hot enough. It's not just that he was hot. Uh, Melville was like horned up for his writing. He was really into yeah, and him. everything. He loved his writing. Yeah, he thought he was a genius. He was always writing him letters. Remember, he's he wrote to him like sink. He's like sink. Your mind has sunk the its northern roots into the hot southern soil of my heart. And I yeah. shot out some literature plants or something. I don't know. Yeah. Did did Nathaniel ever answer him? I'm sure he Sometimes. answered him. Uh, well, he, he did. He wasn't as into him, though. He knew this book was dedicated to him, and he did say it was a great book. Um, he read it. He, he wrote he to Nathaniel great. Hawthorne, this one's for you, especially the chapter about squeezing sperm. <laughs> this could be us, but you playing. That's what he said. Yeah. Or the, the male, the men getting married chapter. Yeah. Well, so actually he began writing it before he met Hawthorne. He began writing it in February 1850 and it took 18 months to write the book, which is a full year more than he had anticipated. I'm reading this from the back of my copy, which is crazy that he thought he could write this in six months. But uh, his <laughs> writing was interrupted because only uh, six months after meet, after beginning writing the book, he met Nathaniel Hawthorne. Oh. And he, like, couldn't handle writing for a little bit anymore. And then he dedicated this book to Hawthorne, quote, in token of my admiration for his penis. I mean, genius. Sorry, genius. Wow. So, okay. So So he is Ishmael, it seems like. And right. And the writing of this book is like a monomaniacal slog. (laughs) I mean, everything about reading it, writing it, experiencing it, being a character in it. It's... I, yeah, I think it's a good book. I think um, a lot of the characters are racist, but I think that especially for the time period, a lot period, of people were racist. Melville did a really good job writing like a multinational, multi-ethnic, multi-racial crew. A lot of the characters are they're I mean they're all really cool and interesting, and you know, characters of all races are nuts. In this yeah, film. and I mean they're sympathetic <laughs> portrayals. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean I think the things he writes. I don't think Ish or I don't think Herman Melville himself would say anything like, I'm going to take your hand even though you're black. You know, like <laughs> he's writing that from the point of view yeah. of crazy Ahab. I don't think he would say things like, uh, I, I bet the reason the sharks are following us is because of the musty yellow skin. I think he would say, yeah. it's obviously because you're doomed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't right. know that it's those the things point are of coming that straight was, from Melville. No, I would, I would even venture to say that I know that they're not. Yeah. But I just am saying for the time period to write a book like this, you know, with all these different, a melting pot of a ship and cast and whatever, I think he did a pretty good job. I'm, I'm impressed. He's a I student of the his, world. He did, especially because everybody knows Moby Dick. Everybody knows like the tale and it's so good to use as a metaphor for other things in people's lives I think you did a good job. Good job, man. Great job writing this book. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I didn't know how it was going to end. Like, I thought I knew how it was going to end, and it turns out I was oh. right in thinking that. But as I read it, I was like, well, shit, I don't know what's going to happen. For like, sure, yeah. <laughs> well, we, we say everybody knows Moby Dick, but, like, I don't. the vast majority of people haven't read Moby Dick. And I think unless you read yeah, it— Yeah, but they still kind of—they know the idea. Yes, they know the ideas. But what I'm saying is you're really not going to— there's so many 
parts of it and ideas of it that you don't get unless you read it. Yeah. More so, yeah. I think, than with a lot of other books. A guy being dragged behind a whale. That was a good corpse. A good moment. <laughs> it's just so satisfying yeah. the way he ties mm-hmm. things up at the end. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Uh, for, yeah. I mean, no pun mm-hmm. intended, ties things up. The way up. Moby Dick ties things up at the end. <laughs> Certain things. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we covered that. I didn't even know if Moby Dick was going to be a real creature. I thought for a while he might just be like an analogy or a metaphor well, or something. He's both. Oh, that would be very disappointing. But sure enough, he's real. I mean, a lot of people are disappointed by the ending because it happens so fast. But it's like, yeah, when you're in that situation, I'm sure it felt like it happened really fast. That's a whale fight. Yeah. He he brought a harpoon to a whale fight. You don't do that. A pagan harpoon. You gotta bring a whale. (laughs) All right. I thought that was a good book. I'm satisfied. I'm glad we covered it. I'm glad we're done covering it. So... Jackie, you want to tell people what's next on the docket real quick? Yeah. So um, what is coming up next on the docket is my sentence is going to be elongated while I give myself time to remind myself what Well, I'll was. tell you one thing is we have our English friend Jacob coming back for a little bit of a bonus. Of robot fame. He recently read a book that he he thinks it sounds pretty good and it's by a man who Jacob believes makes a fairly plausible case for William Shakespeare like not being Shakespeare and as you guys probably know because we did a bonus episode on it I'm very strongly in the camp of Shakespeare being Shakespeare himself and not being someone pretending to be him who would be Shakespeare if not Shakespeare well I guess you'll have to wait and find (laughs) out Becca but um yeah people who believe that William Shakespeare is William Shakespeare are Stratfordians and people who don't believe that are anti-Stratfordians so Jacob read a book by an anti-Stratfordian that he said you know a lot of people think this is a pretty kooky point of view but he makes the, some good points. The guy so we're makes talk a good about point. It. And I, the guy so makes a good point. I'll do a quick summary. When we did our pro Shakespeare being himself episode, what I said was most of the anti Stratfordian arguments are just like classist because they're like this this guy, this commoner, he was able to write these wonderful things. Like he could be a genius, some little guy. Uh, like they think it should have been a rich guy. Yeah. So most of it is rooted in classism, but Jacob is like, no, this guy's this guy's not a nut. This guy has a good points. <laughs> Maybe it was just another little commoner somewhere. Yeah, that's what I'd like to hear. I don't know. We're going to find out. So that's what we're going to record next. But I think what is also going to come quite soon, if it's not that first, will be um, we're going to do a little mini series on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which means first things first, we're doing our biography episode on its author, Roald Dahl. He's wild. Mm-hmm. Who I hear is He was wild. wild. He was pretty racist, right? Oh, yeah. He was was actually racist. Was he also a pedophile? I, I assume he, no, he was actually, he hated children, which is a point in his favor oh, good. in this category. Oh, I'm confusing with Lewis Carroll. Sorry, sorry, yeah. doll. Sorry. <laughs> Not a pedophile. He was a womanizer. Wait, Lewis Carroll was a pedophile? Oh, for he sure. He had a weird thing about children. We will we will discuss him someday. Yeah. We'll, co- we'll cover him, too. Yikes. I don't want to go too much into it right okay. now, but that's what's coming. We're going to do a Roald Dahl biography. We're going to do this anti-Stratfordian conversation with Jacob. Then we're going to cover Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, in in honor of our dear friend, Timothée. Timothée, who has mm-hmm. been really locking lips with uh, Kylie lately, I may say. Oh. Who knows? Mm-hmm. By the time this episode comes out, that could be like four exes ago. But- mm-hmm. We're going to do the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and then we're going to do a little romantic treat for you guys around the time of Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, we are going to be covering a short story, which is a favorite of one of mine. Do I want to say what it is right now, or do we want to keep it a surprise? Let's keep the romance a surprise, but we will say... It'll 
spawn a bonus. After the romantic interlude, patrons will be able to go onto our Patreon and vote for which book we're going to cover after that. So if you're curious, we will list them in our Facebook group, but you're not allowed to vote. You can vote, but we don't care what you have to say unless you're a patron <laughs> and you vote on our Patreon. So let me let me go back for a second. So the romantic interlude is also going to spawn a romantic bonus, which patrons mm -hmm. will get to have access to that. So that's also mm -hmm. going to be a surprise. I won't say it. But um, if you're listening to this episode, which means if you're listening on the day it comes out, it should be January 18th. That's my little sister's birthday. The options for voting uh, for the next book we're going to cover starting in March will be The Art of War by mm -hmm. Sun Tzu Ooh. or The Prince by Machiavelli. Niccolo Machiavelli. Niccolo Machiavelli. We're giving you two books about war that can battle it out. In so. honor of the Ides of March, you get to choose. Are we going to be fighting Italian style or Chinese style? Yeah. Those are the choices that patrons are going to get, so I'm announcing them here. If you want to have the option of voting for one of those and you're not currently a patron, go to patreon.com slash firethecanon and sign up for one of our tiers. You'll mm -hmm. get the bonus episodes. You'll get the right to vote. Uh, <laughs> women have been fighting for that for a while. <laughs> Just say, don't take it for granted. Um, mm -hmm. You will get a shout out. You'll get a sticker at a certain level and There's other all kinds things of as well. Yeah. All kinds of fun things. So go there and check that out and yeah. vote. And um, also give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. Five Thumbs stars up. preferred, please. Thumbs up. Yep. Check us out on Facebook, Tell Instagram. Tell family if you want. Whatever. We love it all. X. What's the other one? Pages. I don't know. We're on a lot of Pages. things. And you can email us at firethecanonpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Cool. Well, I'm excited. I think this will be fun. It will be. We have a fun yeah. few months okay. coming up. I'm excited to see what people pick. Thanks for yep. sticking with us, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. And now as we sink beneath the sea tied to a whale, we will say our final ahoy. Ahoy. Ahoy.